with incredible feats, a routine every hour or so. When enchantment runs rampant, yes, wild in the streets. Open sesame. Here we go. Arabian nights, like rainy and days. They tease and excite, take off and take flight. They shock and amaze. All right, welcome everybody to Back in Tunes. All month longer, we're going to be doing Disney cartoons. This will be our first one, and as the choice of my co-host, Tony. What did you choose this month, Tony? I've chosen Aladdin, the animated series, not to be mixed with Aladdin, the ongoing movies. <laughs> are they ongoing or are they done? Um, well, uh, there are three of them. I consider more than two an ongoing, so okay. you know. You never know when they'll bring it back, but I think, uh, sadly, I hate to start the episode off with a bummer, but you know, because Robin Williams is gone, I don't think they'll be continuing the series unless they remake it or spin it off into a different direction. Yeah, or just pull uh, Aladdin 2 and bring in somebody else against his will, you know, you know what? things. Yeah, you know, uh, I have to say that I never continued beyond the original movie because I think I made it about 15 minutes into the second one. And, you know, I, I like Dan Castanella. He's great on The Simpsons, and he's great in, like, all his appearances on TV. But something about it just seems so false, so fake. And I just yeah. I couldn't get into it, so I never watched the third movie when they brought Robin back or the TV show. I have to say the the first and third movie were pretty much in tune with each other. The second movie kind of well fell off to the side, and you know with who they had brought in for uh, Robin Williams in the second movie, which he then continued to do the voice for the animated series. Um, like the second movie was more of a segue for the animated series, which I personally loved. Yeah, and we're about to watch the first episode. It's called Air Feather Friends. It's up on YouTube, complete free. We we tend to, we tend to try to find the episodes online for people so that they can watch it. And not have to pay for it, especially if they don't get into it. You know, I would hate to be like, oh, yeah, go out, buy the box set, you know, and then you're stuck with <laughs> them like, I don't really care for this. <laughs> All right, so we're going to hit play now. So basically what we do on Back in Tunes is we just commentate on the series, the movies, whatever is involved with the whole franchise while we watch the first episode. And by the way, uh, I believe that Back in Tunes, I think I'm going to start changing the name over to Retro Rocket Entertainment. Get all the podcasts that we do under one window. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's under retrorocketentertainment.weebly.com. We're also up on Facebook. You know what's funny is, uh, at the time, I don't think a lot of people liked Iago, but for me, he was my favorite character. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like him in the second movie and to continue on to the third movie, but uh, if you really watched him in the animated series, he really grows on you then and there. But it's one of those things where a lot of people didn't get that chance because the second movie was kind of cruddy. Well, I think also Gilbert Godfrey kind of grates on people. Yeah, I mean, his his voice kind of hurts sometimes. People have to kind of get used to it or look forward to it. Yeah. Oh, I remember the very first time I saw him in Beverly Hills Cop 2, and something so unique about his voice. You know, I mean, I know that he's a kind of a niche comedian, but man, when he hits it, he hits it hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like uh, Polly Shore and Bobcat Godwith, you know? I mean, like, they have their moments, but then they have their other moments. Yeah, the funny thing is, I think... Uh, uh, all three are severely underrated. I think Bob uh, Bob Goldthwait has been vindicated by his movies, but you know Gilbert Godfrey is still cast aside, and Polly Shore is definitely oh wow, do people belittle him? Yeah. You know, I mean, so uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the uh, animated series was the introduction of uh, like other mythical like events and creatures and beings outside of like the core Aladdin and his genie. Right, you have to do that or you exhaust the, the mythology of the whole show. Yeah. If you use the same villain over and over, it, it just burns itself out. 
Well, do you realize, I, you know what's funny is I'm looking at this again at the voice cast, and I realize I think 90% of the cartoons that we've discussed on this show, is, uh, Frank Welker has done voices for. <laughs> I'm serious. Every single time I go to one of the cartoons, it's his name is in the cast. It's crazy. Well, it goes back to the whole thing that we talked about last time on the Scooby-Doo uh, episode, is the fact that there's just there isn't a whole lot of voice actor uh, you know, desirability in America, so it's just the same 12 guys over and over again. Is it different overseas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, in Japan particularly, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, in the non-huge animated industries, it's you're basically stuck with the same 12 guys and uh, actors who voice act on the side. Yeah, I know it's funny. As I look back on a lot of the cartoons when I was a kid, and like right now, the guy that's holding up Aladdin, he yeah. did tons of voices for uh, Disney cartoons back then. It, uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but he was in the Goofy cartoon, the movie, too. Oh. Probably. Well, what, what's? Do you remember he was the big? He was the big dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that voice. I saw him in something else too. I guess he. Yeah, they did reuse the same people. But I guess mm-hmm. if you're also reliable and you know you have a wide variety of voices you can do, you know, yeah. it, it kind of works like actors. Like there are some guys who do one voice specific. You know, they they use that voice over and over, and that's what people are. You know, they're that character, so people use them a lot. Like yeah. um, like the guy right now who's uh, playing the big soldier. Or I don't know if you've ever heard of a comedian, Fred Stoller. Uh, he's not really a highly known uh, voice actor. He's more of a, a comedian. But he does one particular kind of voice that's really suitable for uh, cartoons. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. You'll have guys like you know Patrick Warburton where you'll recognize his voice 12 seconds in. Right. And then you'll have guys like Mark Hamill where 10 years later you'll look back and say, like, that was Mark Hamill? What? I know. <laughs> There's there people like that. Um, you know, I was looking at this. I guess Scott Weinick. Weinger, I'm going to say his name wrong, but you know, he was on uh, Full House and then he got the movie and the TV series, but I honestly don't recall him being in anything else. Yeah, every now and again, you'll find one of those guys that kind of just pop in as a main character and disappear forever in the annals of, you know, background noises. Yeah, I'm actually looking to see if he's done anything really since Aladdin. Were there more than, I'm looking at this, there must have been, oh, there was a lot of games and spinoffs from Aladdin. I didn't realize that were much later than the TV series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's still been doing the voice of Aladdin. I, in Kingdom Hearts and stuff, uh, the games and stuff like that. I guess he hasn't done one. Kingdom Hearts is still going? I didn't even know that. I thought it um, Yeah, we're waiting on the third game, whatever it decides to come out. But I also like the fact that the, the crew of the Kingdom Hearts series has gone out of the way to try to bring back original voices from original characters to the series. So. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, did you see that the Spider-Man cast is coming back? They're reuniting them for a new Spider-Man series? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. I hope they do that right. Christopher Daniel Byron's coming back as Spider-Man. To him, yeah. to me, that's the voice. And in fact, yeah. when they were making a movie, I kind of was hoping they were going to cast him as Spider-Man. <laughs> That'd be nice. He looks like Peter I... Parker. You know, and the funny thing is, um, you know, besides Gilbert Godfrey, which makes sense because he was in the movie, and probably the only one they were going to be able to score, you know, for a decent price, uh, yeah. Jason Alexander... You know, at the time, he was already a celebrity, you know, because Seinfeld had taken off by then. So I'm kind of surprised. This is one of the very first times I've seen, like, a celebrity voice involved with a cartoon. Yeah, but he only appears for, like, three or four episodes, maybe, oh, like, okay. five or six, like, back as a background character every now and again. Although it's still pretty neat seeing him pop in every now and again. It just, you know, it's like Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, he's been doing a lot of stuff, but he does almost every episode of these Aladdin series. So I was like, that's pretty cool of you. Yeah, and he did Geico, right? Was it, is yeah. it Geico? Yeah, yeah, and then they fired him. No, no, no. Was it Geico? Am I wrong? I don't know. Sounds sounds familiar. Was it Affleck? It was Affleck. He was the duck. Eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Either way, yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and then Jason Alexander, of course, went on to do Duckman for a couple years after this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this uh, this TV series had a pretty good you know crew, but I mean it's Disney, so they can bring in a lot of guys. I mean, yeah. look, uh, they even had uh, Tim Curry come in as a villain uh, later on. Disney was one of the few studios besides Warner Brothers that had the money to really put you know invest in a quality cast, quality animation. Because I think this is really still at that beginning curve um, where animation was coming back from being cheap. I mean, I love Hanna Barbera, but their time had kind of come and gone by the eighties. The only yeah, no. Uh, at this point, uh, Disney was kind of shoehorning themselves into the animated you know universe, and uh, the Aladdin animated series was kind of like my introduction into it. Then they started doing like the Timon and Pumbaa, Lion King ones, and you know all the other like little spinoff series from their movies, and some of them were actually pretty fun. This uh, this is the first movie to TV connection, right? They didn't do a series for any of their other previous movies, did they? Well, they they did a movie to TV for The Lion King. Uh, they did it for Aladdin. Aladdin was the first one I personally remembered. I don't know if uh, Lion King had come out before or after this. Uh, no, Lion King and, came out two years after Aladdin. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think there was another one. I can't recall for the life of me at the moment. But uh, this is the one that whenever I think of uh, Disney animated movie to cartoon, it was the, the first one that pops in my head. Yeah, because... Um... Before this was Beauty and the Beast, and I don't believe there was a movie of that or a TV series of Beauty and the Beast at all. I know there's some spinoffs, like sequels for Direct-to-Video. Yeah. And then there was Little Mermaid. Uh, did they even make a sequel to that, or has it always been one movie? Um, they made a sequel that was a little poor for wanting, um, but there was an animated series of Little Mermaid that I recall. I don't remember that at all. So maybe Little Mermaid was first, considering it was three years prior to this. But maybe not. Maybe they held off until this was. I mean, end. like they could have put them all at the same time, because like, I, like I said, like it was around this time that Hanna Barbera and you know the Looney Tunes series were starting to cycle down, and they started to bring these in because they're a new hip thing. Yeah, but I mean, you can see the the animation's still a little bit lesser quality than the movie. But I mean, yeah. you're, you're talking the movie probably costs thirty, forty million, and this is probably a couple million per episode. So it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no way around that color quality, shading quality, but uh, I mean, even for what it was, you know, like as a kid, you don't know that. You just see that, you know, your favorite uh, movies turn into a regular series with new episodes, and that's just the coolest thing ever. And um, this was off for three years. It seems like what the cycle was with Disney was you play this movie out into a TV series that lasts a couple years, and then when we were ready for the next movie, like the way Lion King was ready to be spun off into Timon and Pumbaa. They ended this, and they went and focused on that. And then when Timon and Pumbaa ended, I think they went... They didn't do a Pocahontas. They didn't do a Hunchback. And then they, no. I think they didn't do another TV series till Hercules. Am I wrong? They might have. I don't recall, at least off the top of my head. And then they did, of course, the most successful, I think, of all those was The uh, the Emperor's New Groove. When they went off into a TV series, that thing seemed like it was on forever. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of surprising where that one went. But, you know, I mean, they got, you know, voice actors like Patrick Warburton on a regular basis doing that. And I'm sorry, like, you just, you have to love that guy. I mean, no matter what he does, you just, you have to love him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a setup uh, for um, the Venture Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Although, uh, coming back to Aladdin, like, there's one thing that kind of really, like, looking back onto it really catches my eye. And, uh, you know, if you go through and watch the rest of the episodes, you're going to see some really... Uh, dramatic episodes and really like kind of scary episodes because like they bring in some really uh, well-developed villains and really well-developed storylines that you wouldn't think would really tug at your heartstrings the way it does. Yeah, I think the Aladdin series set up a whole new world for... I just said a whole new world. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> that was well played, sir. Well played. Um, 
for you know animated movies before this they were either strictly comedies or they're strictly dramatic. Yeah. And this is the first one to really bring in full on comedy of course with Robin Williams improvisation like he probably expanded upon what the script had. Yeah. But I mean at the same time it had a very dramatic story and if you know things didn't turn out right there's no laughs at the end. Yeah. And you look, you fast forward a few years and that's the the standard for animated movies would be the setup of like a lighthearted comedy and then when you dig deeper it gets darker and darker until you know you have a classic kind of Disney ending where you know it's a big villain kind of thing. In fact, Joss Whedon might be taking some notes from this world because if you look at his stuff, it kind of starts off a little lighthearted and then ends severely dramatic. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's definitely an era where they started really blending that whole, like, you know, it doesn't have to be overly cartoony for kids to enjoy and understand. They can have, you know, a little more depth to it so that can, you know, carry on with you. And uh, I just I started noticing it more and more at this point in my life and watching these kind of cartoons. I mean, even with, like, gargoyles and things like that, you know, like, everything just took a darker spin from, like, just the day-old, you know, goofy, cartoony, wonky, you know, all of the plays with no deep uh, meaning to anything at all. That or you're pitching a toy, which is was the plague of the 80s is, oh, we have this action figure line, we need a cartoon to set it up. Yeah. And nothing mattered. There was no evolution, there was no change, and it was just, oh, let's introduce this new character, we're done, move on. Right, yeah, it was like, there's no point, we're not going to follow up with any storyline at all, we're just going to just throw them in, throw them out, be good with it. You know what's embarrassing is that every single time that I go to spell Aladdin, I always do it wrong. I add one extra L and one less D. <laughs> I'm a college graduate, and yet I still can't spell something simple as Aladdin. <laughs> well, you know, I figure you don't spend a whole lot of time with uh, Arabic names and things like that in college graduate level English. Oh, uh, you never know. <laughs> um, so looking back at the original movie, since this is where the whole world came from, is uh, I didn't realize that Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, the guys who did Pirates of the Caribbean, they started off here. Really? I did not notice that. Yeah, and of course they did. You know, I, they did Lone Ranger last year, and I feel that movie is uh, maligned for no good reason. Yeah. Uh, it's really long, yes, and yeah, it relies a little bit too much on Johnny Depp being just Johnny Depp, but I yeah. thought it was an entertaining movie. It's It's a fun movie, and like Lone Ranger, Green Hornet, and... I hate to say it, but like the first Scooby-Doo movie, I lump in together as one single entity, and that's an episodic movie and not a movie that's an episode. You know, so people go in looking for a movie. It's like, no, man, it's kind of just like one long episode that's really fun to watch. You know, you, you can't take it too seriously, and you just have to enjoy it. Which is weird because people are okay with binge-watching a TV show, which is essentially running a really, really long honking movie together. Yeah. But they can't stand it with a, with a TV series, or with a yeah. movie. Um, also, before this, I didn't. Aladdin, uh, technically, they did not start off with Aladdin. They went on to do. Uh, they did Little Monsters first. Do you remember that with Fred oh. Savage and Howie Mandel? Yeah, yeah. That was their first one. Then they did Aladdin. Then Puppet Masters, Mask of Zorro, which is totally awesome. And then uh, see Road to El Dorado, Shrek, Treasure Planet, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. So they did a lot of animation. They did. Uh, the Sinbad one was actually kind of fun. Uh... But I mean, yeah, it's just, just the, you know, just, I don't know, like, Aladdin was like your, like, human character, non-animal character, somebody that you can kind of really, you know, look at and be like, that's a person that's, you know, doing all this. Yeah. Sure, there was, like, over-the-top creatures joining the magic carpet and the monkey and all that, but, like, you just see this humanoid figure going through these trials and tribulations, you know, fighting demons. Like, this is, like, you know, without realizing it, this is, this is young adult D&D, &D, you know, it's like, he fights monsters and wizards and 
you know, like sand dunes and has a magic feather. I was like, yeah, no one really noticed, but this is this is new D and D. Yeah, and of course, this is one of the very early like stories to take off. You know, I mean, how, I don't, I know how old Aladdin is. I'll have to check to see, you know, how old the story is. But it's something that's been adapted several times. But the nice part is with animation, it completely frees it up to do whatever pops in your mind. The imagination is only limited by. I said that wrong. The story is only limited by your imagination when it comes to animation because there's you can do anything. Yeah, yeah. If they tried to do this as a live-action movie, I'm pretty sure the studio would not even have enough money. They couldn't even come up with enough money to finish it. Yeah, we, we called that Prince of Persia, and it was all right at best. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at this. The director team of John Musker and Ron Clements, I really thought they would have directed more considering this is one of the biggest Disney movies of all time. But I'm looking at this. They did Great Mouse Detective before this, which is uh, severely underrated. No one even talks about that movie. That's the very first Disney movie that I ever saw. Yeah, it was a good one too. I agree. That was a great one, especially because like it, you know, is a you know animalistic movie that uh, introduces you to the realm of Sherlock Holmes. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah, and you know, Roddy McDowell, Vincent Price is, or you know, Vincent Price is spot on in that. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking, and they also did Little Mermaid, of course, which is one that saved the Disney studio. You know, during the 80s, they struggled pretty hard, and, you know, as much as Oliver and Company and Great Mouse Detective, like, made a profit, nothing really brought them back up to the old levels. You know, like the classic Disney until Little Mermaid came out. Yeah. And then, yeah. That's a, like, my friends and I have quoted that as, like, the Silver Age of Disney. Like, we call it the Golden Age, like, Cinderella and Snow White and all that, Maleficent, what have you. And then uh, the Bronze Age is some of the more recent stuff where they are more busily focused on pop music and culture rather than stories. They're finally kind of like rotating back towards Silver Age stylings with uh, like their more recent episodes like Tangled and Frozen and what have you, where they're stepping away from you know doing the Pixar's like introducing pop music into the middle of it. That makes no sense whatsoever. Right. That or they're too focused on their big live-action movies, which, you know, last time I checked, none of their live-action movies really make any money outside of the first few Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, Sorcerer's Apprentice didn't make a profit. Tron, as much as I love Tron Legacy, it didn't turn that much of a profit, but that's one of their most successful. But then for every one of those, they have Prince of Persia. They have, um, uh, you know, Lone Ranger, things that cost like $200 million. John Carter. John Carter. $300 million movie, which I thought was entertaining, but at the same time, you're like, damn, $300 million? Holy moly. You know, and of course, yeah, that, it didn't That would, yeah. would have been a little better had they split it up a little bit rather than try to jam all the books into one movie, which is, you know, the number one thing that you could do wrong when you're working with any book-to-movie format. Yeah. That or only take a small chunk of it and people watch it going, is this is this the same thing? I don't know. I yeah. Remember, look, this isn't, it's like every Stephen King movie in the early 90s. Right? Oh, it's, man, yeah. take his name off of them. It's like, no, I'm not. Lawnmower Man has nothing to do with my story, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Um, but after Aladdin, uh, they, they directed Hercules, Treasure Planet, The Princess and the Frog. But there's a seven-year gap between Treasure Planet and The Princess and the Frog, and that kind of surprises me because... Um, I don't. I know animation takes a while, but good God, that's a that's a long time. That is, I I'm, I, I don't recall what they were doing between that. I mean, during that era, they were pumping out a lot of TV stuff, like the TV series, like live action TV series that I recall. Yeah, I don't know if they were involved in any of those because I don't know. Also, you know, most of their stuff is hand drawn, and obviously Disney has moved away from hand drawn. I don't know why people don't like it. Why everybody decided CGI is the thing, and why hand-drawn animation is just so passe. It's so beautiful. 
I think I think a, a part of it is uh, like labor costs. It's just cheaper in the long run, so they can pump more things and more money into it. Um, it might just be a loss art as well. I mean, people are all directed towards new things, so there's a whole lot of people that have this style of uh, cartooning back, you know, in their history. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of the hand-drawn stuff now, if you want to technically call it hand-drawn, is in Flash, which is kind of ugly. I mean, Adobe Flash made sense, that kind of, or not, you know, that Flash animation made sense when, like, the internet was fresh, and they first started doing streaming content. You know, remember, like, in the early 2000s when, like, Icebox and stuff like that would have their own independent cartoons on there? That makes sense, because they didn't have the money. But a lot of these studios, like Cartoon Network, should not be doing cartoons with Flash. But it's so much cheaper. It's ridiculous. You know, so like rewatching this first episode again, I'm starting to realize that like this is kind of the segue for children to get used to uh, the whole concept of uh, Pokemon. I was like, you know, he has a monkey and a bird, and he kind of just sends them out to do missions. I'm like, huh? I really considered it before, but uh, <laughs> but man, this is this is this is like you know the shoehorn for the future generations of children and Pokemon creatures. I've never seen Pokemon. Is that terrible? Hey, you're not missing out. Okay. I've never watched any of those. I tried watching Dragon Ball a couple times, and I, I could not tell you what the hell was going on, and I was just completely lost. And, you know, yeah, and you, you kind of have to be into it to get to it. So if you're not you know, into it in the first few episodes, it's never going to happen for you. Yeah, and plus, you know, I've never been big on anime because I always thought the, the voice work and like the big eyes and the over-exaggerated, I never understood why they were doing that. Which is hilarious since I love things like, you know, cartoons that are automatically over-stylized. <laughs> Give me a Tex Avery cartoon where the eyes are bugging out of the head, jaw dropping to the floor, completely falling apart. I'm okay with that. For some reason, I can't stand the, ah! you know, the big, like, <laughs> big eyes and over, what's going on? Why is he so excited? <laughs> um, was that racist, me making that sound? I feel like it might have been, and I didn't mean it to be. I don't think it was particularly racist. It's just a common sound that you'll hear in those Japanese animations. Okay. So, you know, like at the worst, I'd say stereotypist, but racist. You know, there's there's no underlying like hate under it. It's just something that you hear. Okay, I think I'm way too neurotic about that, but you never know. I don't want people going, "You dick." Yeah. So I'm actually I was wrong. I thought Aladdin cost about forty or fifty million dollars. It only cost twenty eight million dollars. Why is it Disney movies cost like 170 million now? What is that? Um, inflation. Oh, it can't be that much. I mean, okay, so you have the same amount of time being put into the movie. You know, probably three or four years. Same length, and you know how long the movie is. Is it the voice actors? You think? You think they're paying a lot of money for percentages out to these people? That's a possibility, but you also have to factor in that, like, a movie in the 90s was, like, an hour and, like, you know, 28 minutes. You know, a movie nowadays is usually around two hours. People just refuse to watch anything less than an hour and a half these days. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking there's some movies that are really, really short. I walk out of some looking at my clock going, uh, is it halftime? I don't, uh, is this, you know, is this? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, like, people just feel like they get gypped if they don't, you know, if they don't, the movie doesn't last longer than an hour and a half. So, That's like, true. if you actually look at movie times, it's definitely, you know, drastically changed in the last 20 years. But at the same time, do you feel like you sit there going, wow, this needs to wrap it up? Come on, this is 15, 20 minutes too long. Oh my God, this is not Lord of the Rings, people. Yeah, let me tell you about the last Transformer movie. <laughs> well, I have not seen it yet. I have it on hold. I got to watch that. All right. I'll tell you right now, there's going to be like three points where you're like, oh, we reached the end. Nope, still going. Okay, now we reached the end. No, no, it's still going. Oh, wow. 
You know, he does. Michael Bay realize that there's more sequels that can come along that he can end it and move on to the next sequel. You could literally uh, probably cut his transfer movies in half and then make more money. It worked yeah, for Kill Bill. Yeah, right. Actually, it seems to be working for every franchise you look at now. It always seems like if it's based on a book or it's finite in any way, they're like, let's cut it up in two. I mean, even Avengers now is going to be cut in two. Yeah, it is, and. Yeah, like to a degree, like there's just so much going on and so much story that you can't, you know, do anything but cut it up into multiple pieces. Which like people people really talk down about the Hobbit being cut up into three movies. And it's like, you know, ideally the Lord of the Rings movies would have been cut up into like nine. Uh, there was so much more going on and so much more that they left out in order to jam it into a short term movie that uh, the Hobbit kind of makes sense for it to be three you know, full on movies. Actually they could have done it in two movies, but uh like to really expand the universe to going into three is like I, I get it I understand that you know it's the basic concept of story writing you have your beginning you have your climax and you have your end. Uh, I don't know for me I th- I feel like there's a little too much uh, too much going on in the or too little going on in the Hobbit to make three movies but to be fair I have a very very short attention span and if it was a TV series I think I'd be okay with it but for some reason as a movie I'm just like oh cut this down edit it, edit it, edit edit there's some people, people that drool over every extra minute. Anyway, so we're really ranting and rambling oh, on yeah, here. We do you... this all the time. You know what? I'm not going to apologize anymore because if people don't like it, they can just <laughs> stop the episode. I mean, the, the Aladdin episode is over with, so. <laughs> but uh, like, to, to bring it back full circle, though, I mean, like, if you're really looking for something to where, you know, like, you can have fun watching it at the same time, like, you know, see villains that you both love and hate at the same time. Hell, there was an episode where you get to meet a female genie, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who plans on watching it at some point, but, like, you know, like, you really don't think uh, it's going to go the way it does, and you really don't think that uh, you're going to, like, enjoy the characters as much as you do, but they really find a way to get you into it. Good. I'll check out some more episodes, and eventually I'm going to get around to watching two and three, the movies, I mean. Yeah, you, you can skip two. I mean, you can, you cannot, but uh, three, I absolutely say you have to watch. I mean, like, the music's in tune, the characters are all in tune, like, everything feels right in the third movie. Well, there's a reason why the third one made. I remember when it came out, everybody, like, it blew their minds that it made $75 million in sales the first week. Not in rentals, <laughs> sales. <laughs> but back then, you could do that with kids' movies, because they weren't downloading them. I mean, kids will watch these movies over and over and over and over until the tape wears out. And I yeah. said tape. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> right, right. All right, so I guess that's it for me. Any last words? No, that about covers it. All right, well, that's it for us. We'll be continuing all month long with other Disney cartoons. If you have any suggestions, let us know. And that's it. Have a good night. Bye-bye.
Welcome everybody to Back in Tunes. Obviously, what we're going to be watching is DuckTales. <laughs> we'll start it again. Oh, I always mess up the video part. I'm your host, Michael. My co-host is here. It's Jacob. Hey, Jacob, could you see me singing all the words to DuckTales? Yes. I forgot the video part was on. I'm just like, all these hand movements and waiting for the little bridge. To... <laughs> oh, that must have been silly for you. I can't believe you didn't start laughing. Oh, I was. I was singing along with you, man. <laughs> oh, man, what a great tune. I, I would it say was. it's definitely it's so in the catchy. top ten best theme songs. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, gosh. Even um, the Fine Bros, when they were, uh, you, know, um, you know, seeing having these kids watch uh, DuckTales for the first time, you know, looking at their reactions, and they were all, like, kind of, you know, you know, kind of swaying to the jingle. Yeah. Well, it's just so catchy. Uh, great music uh, goes beyond time. I mean, 50 years from now, people still be humming – uh, the theme song to DuckTales, Inspector Gadget, Rescue Rangers. There's some stuff that really, really hits home. Then there's some where we listen to some of these theme songs like, wow, that wasn't even trying. There's nothing there. But, you know, it's, oh, just, I know. Uh, it, it's great how these theme songs are just as catchy as your normal everyday top 10 Billboard song. Right. I wish, you know, I wish the Ninja Turtles still had a good theme song in the movie. I mean, the one from like the 90s, that one fit. But. When you're watching this new one, it kind of went, you know, kind of, you know, operatic, you know, operatic kind of soundtrack. Are you talking about like the T U R T L E Power Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? That one? Uh. Or do you mean yeah, the yeah, the instrumental, instrumental one, not the actual song. You know, I still haven't seen the new Ninja Turtles. I'm actually afraid because they look hideous, and it's Michael Bay, and he already ruined one thing for me. Yeah, I know. Well, Michael Bay, he didn't direct this, but he did produce it, and he's going to produce the next one. Ah. I know. All right, so but, back on topic. DuckTales, uh, there's not much we can say that you don't already know, but we're going to kind of chit-chat about the show, throw out some little facts here and there. Uh, the first episode is on YouTube, but I guess it's all cut up. We found it on Daily Motion, where it's the whole thing all together. Ding oh, yeah. Yeah, Disney's kind of known for being stingy with uh, allowing some of their media out there. Um, I would say if you've never seen DuckTales and you're just kind of curious, I have no problem with you know anybody watching just like a few episodes online for free just to check it out. Oh no, exactly. I mean, especially if you want the younger generation to know, you know, good cartoons. Yes. And <laughs> sadly, right. there just aren't any these days. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's still a few here and there, but it's getting hard to find. Um, before we yeah, get young, too far into this, awesome. the first episode is "Don't Give Up the Ship." So we just uh, discussed the cartoon while it's playing. So go ahead and find it, and here we go. Go for launch. Lift off. <laughs> uh, DuckTales, what were you saying about that right before I interrupted you? I'm sorry. You said there are some good cartoons now? Oh, Young Justice was good, but other than that, uh, I don't know. I can't think of any. Yeah, Venture Brothers. Uh, I really don't know what's going on in the cartoon world because it seems like, uh, well, Saturday morning cartoons are done, period. There's no more syndicated cartoons either. Where are kids finding cartoons if they don't have cable? That seems kind of a rip. Online. Can they afford the internet? What, what, what do poor kids who only get broadcast television, how, how do they see animation? I have no idea. I just don't know anymore. I don't even know if they show cartoons. Not even Nickelodeon. It's all preteen crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Cartoon Network tried to move away from being cartoons for a while. It was calling itself the CN, or doing all this live action stuff. And you want that? Go to another network. People watch Boomerang and Cartoon Network for cartoons, nothing else. And uh, we leave the rest of the stuff to other channels, okay? 
So uh, DuckTales, it, it basically is the marking point for the new class of animation. Yeah, true, there was Gummy Bears before that. That was Disney testing out, hey, can we do high-quality animation on television? And it was a pretty big success. Not huge, but pretty big success. But it was the next thing, like a year later when they decided to do DuckTales, they not only did it for television, they didn't do it for a network. They went syndicated, which if you have a known name like you know Donald Duck or Scrooge McDuck and the Disney behind it, any network is going to go, yeah, of course we're going to carry that. Why would we say no? And so they made a ton and ton of money. And that kind of rebooted animation, which had gotten really, really stagnant. Uh, Jacob, how old are you again? 26? Yes. Yeah, so you weren't really around during the 80s, uh, but you probably know a lot of this anyway because you're an animation uh, guru. But there was probably about five or six years there where cartoons were strictly uh, adaptations of something nonsensical, like there's a Rubik's Cube cartoon, there was the Menudo cartoon, there's a Mr. T, Chuck Norris, uh, Gilligan's Planet. This, uh, you know, A few of those came out okay, but most of them were just repugnant garbage and they looked so cheap the storylines were terrible and disney came to save the day then they always back in the day yeah i mean pretty much almost all the cool cartoons were on disney and then later on in the 90s uh, nickelodeon yeah. of course this cartoon yeah no this cartoon i mean i picked up like you know watching like a lot of reruns well the nice part is is that uh once the initial run of all their core shows like you know this rescue rangers tailspin Bonkers, uh, Darkwing Duck. You know, when they ended their initial run, Disney packaged them up in like a two-hour block and then syndicated them again, and then they went back to the Disney Channel. So if you had Disney Channel, you had access to all these great cartoons. Yeah. I just like how, you know, this first episode clearly shows how, you know, cheap a lot of one-percenters are. I mean, look at Scrooge. He's totally a one-percenter. Yeah. It's like, he'll take... He's the hero, but we would totally treat him like the enemy. But, I mean, I think a lot of the sympathy uh, for his nephews came about, you know, as the the series went on. Because, you know, he was kind of self-absorbed, but now he had to take care of these little kids. He showed more heart. Yeah. it's the, And these three kids had to show him that heart. Pretty much almost like Annie. Yeah, just kind of like just kind of like Orphan Annie. I can't almost. believe he's so cocky that he has a money sign on his house. You know what's funny is this looks like the animated version of Lex Luthor's house on Smallville. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it pretty much is. Well, his name is like well, his first name Scrooge, but McDuck's his last name. Yeah. Oh, and and it and yes, as it clearly showed earlier, you know they are related to Donald Duck. Okay. How and, how does the uh, the relationship break down? I can't remember. So there's Scrooge McDuck, which is Huey, Dewey, and Louie's uncle. Yes, and then I guess Scrooge is a a great uncle, like because he's he seems older. And Donald and and Donald and Scrooge, what are they like cousins? I don't know. Maybe they're just they are distant relatives. He must be from Scotland. Okay, so it's his grand nephews. Scrooge McDuck, his grand nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. But how are they related to Donald Duck? I can't believe I'm stuck on this. Just like thinking. About I know. This. I was like, wait, <laughs> does Donald have a brother? Maybe who knows? His brother, his brother, his brother, his brother was probably hunted. Oh, that's horrifying. I didn't even think about that before. I know, just like in Bambi. Yeah, because so, cause Donald has no kids, and he's not married, so they're his not nephews. Not the Daisy. It has to be oh, a brother. It was... It's either a brother that's gone, 
or uh, a brother that they just never bothered to introduce. Well, that, this is kind of messed up now that I think about it. Then you have Launchpad McClack. So Launchpad. They both, so they're not related, but it's kind of funny they both have Mick, you know, at the, at the beginning of their last name. But I don't think Launchpad is Scottish at all. No, he's not. Are we putting too much thought into this? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I just have to say, oh, <laughs> freaking Donald. He gets me every time. He always makes me laugh, especially when he gets angry. Well, the funny thing is, you know, uh, for the most part, I don't really care for the Disney characters because I always thought that they were just cute. Walt Disney really went into the psyche of them. But I always enjoyed Goofy and Donald because Goofy was like the clumsy version of you, and then Donald was the one that could, he was just so frustrated that he couldn't contain himself. Now, oh, yeah. Given no, he a had choice, given a choice, who are you going to go for, Daffy or Donald? Oh, gosh, that is such a. That is such a tough decision. I mean, well, they both kind of want the same thing. They both want to be number one, and they just want to, you know, outshine, you know, Donald wants to outshine Mickey, and Daffy wants to outshine Bugs. And, you know, of course, Daffy's always tried to kill Bugs on multiple occasions. So I don't think – so, yeah, just Donald. Yeah, I'd if, probably have to side with Donald. Yeah, He's if, less of a murder psychopath. <laughs> if I was a parent and I was having the choice, I would, of course, pick Donald because he has more redeeming qualities. But as a grown-up and having not to worry about that kind of issue, Daffy just kills me every time because he is the worst aspects of ourself, but, like, the funny worst aspects. Like, he's not a murderer, but he does attempt to kill bugs quite a few times. He's greedy. He's selfish. Uh, but there's weird times when he actually is the hero, but his arrogance gets in the way, too. So uh, Daffy is a really complicated character. I don't think Donald is uh, has that many layers. He's just, oh, frustrated. Oh, then he's nice again. Frustrated, nice again. Yeah, he just has serious anger management. Not, <laughs> he, he's not really that complex. <laughs> now, I do want to... Go ahead. Let's see, who else? Uh, Launchpad. What I want to say. You know, when I was a little kid and I went to Disneyland, I actually got in a fight with him. Jokingly, of course. How? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're a little kid and you're just pretending and he's such a big guy. You want to, you know, just, you just, you know, just messing around. <laughs> you know, fisticuffs at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got beaten. Yeah. I lost. <laughs> I've never, I've never been to Disneyland. It's one of my big regrets. Oh gosh, when they open up the Star Wars theme park, you're definitely gonna want to go. Yeah, I mean, I was in California for years and I never made it. I, I feel like a, a schmuck. <laughs> well, let's hopefully, hopefully they come at least something Tron themed too, especially oh in you know anticipation oh. of the third movie. Yep. Well, all right, so voice work on this. A lot of names that we're familiar with. Peter Cullen, of course, Optimus Prime, Brian Cummings we see a lot. Miriam Flynn. Miriam Flynn is actually, I know her from being in the uh, National Lampoon's movie. She is uh, she plays Cousin Catherine, you know, Cousin Eddie's wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Ham- God. Hamilton Camp is a really great guy. He did voice work here and there, but I knew him from like a lot of his guest spots. He's in this ridiculous movie called Arena where it's like blood sport but in outer space and you're fighting aliens. Oh wow! Yeah, no. Oh, Arena. I remember that. You've seen I actually it? watched it. Yeah, yeah he, it was. He's, I, he's the little guy with the forearms. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. No. Actually, that movie was. Um, I watched that when I was a little kid, and then it. Um, and then it was actually on Netflix for a little while. It was. That's right. It finally got released on DVD. But Hamilton Camp is really good in that. But he he's uh he's did voice work and you know regular acting. He was on a, a couple episodes of WKRP. I mean, remember those being really good. 
Uh, Frank Walker, who we see in every single one of our cartoons. That that guy must have it made in the shade. It's so much work that he gets to do. I know, especially for Scooby-Doo and Freddy. That's what he's mainly known for. Uh, Chuck McCann, another uh, kind of screen actor. He was part of the group that... Uh, oh, I forgot the name already. Um... Uh, I'll look it up. Never mind. But he did a lot of like skit stuff and kids shows growing up. Like he was uh, in Can Captain Can I can't talk Captain Kangaroo, things like that. Uh, Bob Newhart. He did a lot of voice work as well. But I think he's mostly ignored for that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, dang it! What is that? He, he, the guy that he worked with? He was on a Carol Burnett show. Uh, he did a Dorf Dorf on Golf. Damn it! I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Uh, which one? You know he did Dorf Carol Burnett. Yeah, it, it, Tom. Oh my God, this is ridiculous. I can think of Harvey Corman. There's also Tim Conway. Tom, Tim Conway, thank you. I'm an idiot. That's okay. Jeez. Honestly, Scrooge. Oh my gosh, he's such a materialist. He's teaching these kids, you know, that money's the, you know, always important. I will say though, like earlier when you know when uh, Scrooge was like diving around in the gold, uh, I remember uh, this video that the Fine Brothers uh, posted up. You know, discussing, you know, showing these kids, like, you know, modern day kids, you know, from like 12 to 7, younger than that. They're showing them this cartoon. You know, they're getting into the jingle. They like it. But then they're, um, you know, just showing them that scene, that scene at the beginning where he's swimming around in the gold. They're like, oh, wouldn't that hurt? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they swim in liquid gold? Like, because it's, it's liquid. It's hot. It'll melt him. And plus, I'm like, you're a kid. Like, your imagination and fantasies should be running wild. Like, reality should not hit you at all. And yet you're questioning, you know, you know, the kid, you know, diving into a pile of gold, you know, hurtful and painful, <laughs> which it would be. But that the concept of a cartoon is that, you know, reality doesn't exactly have to apply. Right, you're not Pretty supposed to ask these questions until much later in life. It wasn't until about five years ago when we were singing DuckTales at work. Well, it's when they relaunched that DuckTales game. You, were, you know when they redid it, they remixed it? Was that like two or three years mm -hmm. ago, actually? But uh, we were singing that at yeah. work, and all I started thinking about it. I was like, how did he dive through those coins? Because that's just impossible. There's no way you could swim through that. It'd be so difficult. And plus, it would hurt like hell when you jumped in. And then I'm like, wait, it's a cartoon. What am I doing? This is ridiculous. I'm a grown-up. Stop it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that. And I don't see you know humanoid ducks and you know animals walking around at all. I mean, at least I mean we haven't spliced. We haven't started splicing yet. Well, I've seen them, but that might be because I get hit in the head a lot, like a lot. <laughs> I'm a crash test dummy when I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh gosh, you silly man! Speaking oh, of cra speaking of crappy cartoons, there was a crash test dummies cartoon for a short period. I watched it for a bit. Um, the one last person I wanted to mention in the voice work, like significant um, person, is June Foray. She is the last, I believe, the last of the classic animation voice work actresses, actors, period. Uh, you know, there was only a handful that Warner Brothers used over and over and over. You know, of course, Mel Blanc being the most well-known, Paul Freese, uh, Stan Freeberg just died. And June Foray oh, wow. is the last one. Oh my gosh, I'm so, yeah, so sad to hear. She's 97. Is she, wait, June Foray, isn't that the one who, did, who does the voice of Wendy and Peter Pan? Um, I don't know about that, but she did, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle. She did do Cinderella, um, Jokey Smurf, uh, a lot of, lots of Warner Brothers stuff. She did a lot of radio work, but her, her name will pop up in a ton of stuff. I just can't believe that she's still working. That's just wild to me.
You're right. She I know. Was, she was in Peter Pan, but it says she was a mermaid in Peter Pan. Oh. Huh. I was trying to think. I think that I thought the actress who does the voice of Wendy in Peter Pan is still still alive. Maybe, but she's not part of the classic Warner Brothers. I was saying, you know, that core group. Mm. Got it. Okay, I do want to say here, like right here. Oh my gosh, how can how can he be so cheap? He is he is, you know, swimming in gold. He's swimming in money. He could he has so much money. He just makes a pool of it and swims in it. You never can't get, even donate. Yeah, you never get can't over even that greed. <laughs> it's disgusting. It is so disgusting. Uh, yeah, typical one percenter. You know, the great thing about the Disney animation is a lot of the animation at that time was either overseas. You know, like we watch a lot of the action shows and they're done by, you know, uh, foreign companies, usually French or uh, Japanese. And uh, then there's also the fact that a lot of the cartoons that were done in America, usually filmation and stuff like that, really low budget, really cheap. There's hardly any movement where they'll move, but they only do one movement at a time. Like they'll shift their body, then they'll talk. You tend not to get uh, mouth movement and physical movement at the same time because that's too many different layers and it just takes so much time. But Disney went in and they said, hey, you know, first off, we're going to make high-quality animation. We're going to have good stories. We're going to have great voice work. And we're going to have eye-popping colors. And uh, sadly, the version we're watching on Daily Motion looks like it's washed out VHS. <laughs> but uh, in general, yeah, the DVDs are really high-quality. Yeah, they are. You can never accuse and... Disney of going cheap. Now, they don't make stuff very uh, affordable, and they don't make it usually available through streaming, but they always give you tons of content. That they do. Oh my gosh. I kid you not. Like, there's so many special features on the Peter Pan Blu ray and oh, Tron, also the Tron movies. What other Disney movie do I have? Avengers. Huh. You have Avengers, right? That too. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Oh gosh, I keep forgetting it's Marvel. Not. I'm talking like strict Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have the, the whole Diamond line. You know, they're really high quality Blu rays. My only sticking mm-hmm. point is when I used to work in electronics. People would come up to me going, hey, do you have Bambi? I was like, oh, they just they just pulled it two weeks ago. Oh, oh, are we going to get it back again? Maybe in seven years because Disney is really stingy and weird like that. <laughs> yeah, they are. Oh, gosh. Yeah, they do tend to do that. I mean, I, I'm surprised they haven't even you know, debuted Aladdin yet. Oh, that's got to be coming up soon. I, I, you would think just in honor of Robin Williams that they would have had it out already. I didn't realize they didn't. Huh. Oh, yeah. And – I mean, come on, they did Lion King. You thought, you know, Aladdin was going to come out soon. Yeah, well, I mean, they already did. Uh, they just did Little Mermaid, right? And I thought they were going in chronological mm-hmm. order. They did Beauty and the Beast. So, yeah, Aladdin would be next. I'm not sure. We should double-check that because I thought they did have it out. Um, the one thing I do want to say, though, is while they do give tons of features for the movies and they usually make all their movies available, their, uh, their TV shows, they keep teasing us. Like, oh, we'll put out one season of DuckTales. In 2006, and then another one in 2009, and then, you know what, we're not going to bother doing the third final volume. Why? Just finish it off. How much does it cost you to produce those DVDs? If anything, just have them exclusive in your uh, your uh, DVD club. Oh, precisely. That, and of course, with all the money that you know Disney's making right now with all, you know acquiring Marvel and Lucasfilm, I mean, jeez, they, do they really have to be so cheap still? Yeah. What I, what I say is, even if you don't think it's going to make a ton of money, which is ridiculous, how much does it cost to actually print and ship DVDs? Uh, just use it as a tax write-off. I mean, tons companies make movies purposely they think they're going to bomb because there'll be a tax write-off. Just put these movies out there. Let us see them again. Though I know. I, I would like to see – or, geez, have Steamboat Willie available like in a, in a short. 
Well, there was a collection. I can't remember what it was. I think it was called the Disney Vault Collection. It was about 10 years ago where they collected up all the old shorts. You know, like all the, the Goofy Collection, the Donald Collection, and stuff like that. And some of their older, like, um, the Wonderful World of Disney, like their TV movies. They would collect mm-hmm. them up, and they had them... You, some of them made it to stores. Most of them were just exclusive to the club. And they were in premium tins. And they were magnificent. There was exclusive features of Leonard Malton for each of them. And they took them out of print almost immediately. And some of them... Like, there's one I was looking for forever called The Scarecrow of Romney Marsh. It costs you maybe $200 for that DVD. That is insane. $200 for a freaking DVD. Yeah, and it's just a, a miniseries. The, the thing with... the bootlegging and everything and downloading illegally there is some common sense behind this because if a product is not available by conventional means nobody is going to pay that kind of price or are they tired of waiting if someone wants to finish off ducktales and they can find it on uh online like at youtube or daily motion or whatever or just download it fine because if the company will not make it available to the people then the people will find it in some other way and disney won't get the money but they'll they'll see the cartoon or the movie oh i know like you think you know people would have more confidence in you know in disney especially with the, if they were to release something like this all their classics yeah i think it's really short-sighted it's one thing that's it's a sticking point with me is that they are disney is just sitting on a lot of their cartoons why haven't they finished DuckTales? Why haven't they finished Rescue Rangers? I don't even think Darkwing Duck made it past one volume. Quack Pack isn't out there. Bonkers. I don't think there's any DVDs, period. And people want to see them, and I think it's just kind of an insult to the fans. I know. I mean, how, how ridiculous... Exactly. How ridiculous is that? I mean, bonkers of all people. I mean, gosh. I almost forgot about bonkers. <laughs> a little bobcat, you know, a bobcat police officer. Well, you, know, you know, Bonkers uh, started off and, uh, as Roger Rabbit, but Universal wouldn't agree to the rights on it, so uh, Roger Rabbit turned into Bonkers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I figured. And plus, you know, Roger Rabbit, I mean, you're going to have to include his wife, and that was a little too risque for you. Yeah, know, yeah, you know. I didn't think about that. That'd be rough to get on TV. <laughs> I'd watch it every week, though. Yeah, I know. I mean, I lo- come on, I loved Roger Rabbit. I thought it was hysterical, even as a kid. Um, so, yeah, DuckTales, it lasted 100 episodes. It's, in fact, I think the longest of all their syndicated animated shows. In fact, it might be the most successful show, period. I know that there was a lot of uh, Gummy Bears. Let me see how long Gummy Bears is on. You ever watch that show? Gummy Bears? Yeah. Yeah, the one that took... Oh, yeah, I, I thought we... Didn't we do an episode on that? Did you and I do that? I thought me and Ron did that, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, you and I... You and I did an episode of this. Oh, okay. It was during that period where it was kind of hard to get a hold of you. Like, uh, it was once in a while, so I wasn't sure which episode I did oh, with okay. you or not. I, my apologies. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I'm easily forgotten. I'm used to it. It's not like you were going to go, screw you, I'm out of here. <laughs> Quit. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. So also, Oh, also, you know, there's this uh, YouTube channel called Oh My Disney, yeah. and they actually did DuckTales theme song with real ducks. That's... It's Weird. quite, it's quite adorable. I have to see that. What, what do you mean? Like they did this, the this the same movements or what? Yeah, they filmed like the same movements with actual ducklings. Like they're all like they all got they're all each wearing different hats. You know, you okay. do Louie. So how did they do the whole swimming through the coins? Oh gosh, um, what they did they had a, a, like actual like kind of a kind of like a you know like a, a cloth you know with like little flat. Uh, like gold decorations on it uh, and just have the duck pop his head through it 
Okay, okay. I was like, uh, I didn't want them to go in. Well, we got another dead duck. Try again. <laughs> um, so the, the uh, cartoon ended. This is a weird thing. The cartoon ended and it was still just killing it in the ratings. So they went and did DuckTales the movie thinking they could launch it as a movie franchise. And I don't recall. I remember the movie coming out, but I don't recall anybody ever watching it or it playing very long. In fact, I've oh, never, the even, one seen, I've never even seen the Lloyd movie. Is the villain? What's that? Christopher Lloyd was the villain. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, I oh, just... you haven't? No, I've never oh seen God. the movie. Oh, you should. It's actually quite fun and it's entertaining. And it basically Scrooge, you know, it starts off with like Scrooge, um, Launchpad, and the kid, you know, going to try and find this, you know, hidden treasure vault and they find a magic lamp. And, uh, and of course, in the lamp is a genie. There's an actual genie, I, so it's not—is it like an Indiana Jones movie? Because the poster looks like it's Indiana Jones, especially since it's done by the same artist. Yeah, it is actually. It was kind of like Indiana Jones. I mean, that's what—that's uh, just kind of like what it is. I thought that's what Ducktales, you know, was, you know, as a kid. I thought it was like a archaeology adventurous, you know, type of cartoon. Huh. Yeah, I, like, playing... I know for a while that it was a Disney exclusive. I never got around to watching it. Um. You know, it just bums me. I think, you know, Disney pulled all their catalog from Netflix, and I got this sneaking suspicion that they're going to open their own streaming service soon. Oh, gosh. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if they did that. If they, yeah, just another cash cow. And I'm pretty sure some people would pay for it. Huh. You know, as parents would want their kids to grow up watching cool cartoons. And to grow up not like Scrooge, hopefully. Yeah, you can be rich, but you don't want to be like you don't want to be greedy. Are materialistically. You, are you covering up your mic? Because all of a sudden you went real quiet. Oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You sound okay. You sound a little bit like Or what makes think you're in charge, Batman? <laughs> I'm a necessary evil. <laughs> the corrupt Disney executives need to put out DuckTales Season 3. You could not comply with your city. <laughs> <laughs> it never stops amusing me that he's like a Swedish weirdo. <laughs> but it's ten times better than Bane. Oh, God, yeah, no, I thought this one. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought Bane was perfectly characterized <laughs> by... Tom Hardy. Like... Yes, Tom Hardy. Gosh, how did I keep getting his name? I'm the one who kept reminding people who he was. Hey, and now you know, he's going to be mad. What? I forgot uh, Tim Conway, and that is just ridiculous. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to jump into Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Yes, actual Chip and Dale, not... <laughs> well, that's going to get awkward. You, you just hear in the background, that's like putting dollar bills. Woo! <laughs> all right, we'll be right back.
welcome back. We just took a brief break there. Um, so we just talked about DuckTales. Now we're going to talk about the second in the whole revival of the Disney syndication cartoons, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So the first episode, where did you find your episode? I found mine up on YouTube. I got mine on YouTube too. Okay. And what was the name of it? Because mine doesn't say it. Mine, uh, it says Cattery's Not Included. Okay. Mine's... I mean, it just says episode one, but it's in the title, after the title sequence. Is yours one of the weirdo ones where it has, like, the box? Yes. That, it seems like almost everything on YouTube is turning to this. Either we're going to have a glowing blue light in the middle to make it look weird, or we're going to alter the uh, voice work, or we're going to put it in a box. And nobody puts <laughs> Chip and Dale in a box! Nobody! <laughs> All right, so first episode, here we go. All right. All right okay, so... I have to... Go ahead. I do have to speak about the design of these two characters. You can tell, you know, one was based on Indiana Jones, clearly with the, you know, the fedora, the coat. And then you also got, you know, Magnum P.I. I mean, look at it. I mean, Magnum P.I. always wore those, he always, <laughs> he always wore those, you know, um, tourist Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Though, uh, not the same in personality. Well, you know what? No, 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 no. Let me correct myself. They're kind of close. Uh, at least the Indiana Jones breakdown because, uh, you know, not so much on the Magnum P.I. part. And I don't think the theme song, the theme song isn't anywhere nearly as good as the DuckTales one. It's still catchy, but man, there's something just amazing about that DuckTales theme song. Oh, I know. It is. It's got, it's got a better tune. By the way, I played the crap out of this, uh, this, uh, Nintendo game. Oh, I bet. Yeah, no, a lot of people did. It was a fun game. You know, the thing is, a lot of those uh, uh, movie cartoon adaptations for the NES, they were usually done by LGN, and that usually meant they were garbage. But Disney did a very good job in making them challenging, intricate, but not making them so difficult that you were the, you know, throwing your controller at the TV and then later going, oh, what have I done? Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's pretty much like that in pretty much almost every early Nintendo game. Oh, my God, the game I had the hardest time with, and still do to this day, is Batman. Yeah, that was pretty hard. Mine was uh, Mega Man. The whole Mega Man series is so much fun to look at, but playing it, you're like, ah! Or what, what's a Ghost and Goblins? Ghost and Goblins was really hard, too. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, Peter Pan and the... Oh, Peter the Pan and the Pirates was terrible. But, okay, here... So, evidently, there's that one... There's that one... There's that one part... There's, a, there's that one party member who always just can't help himself around a certain thing. And it happened to be this giant mouse-esque this giant Australian mouse who just needs to eat cheese. You know, it's funny. Is Monterey Jack, if you're going to say that one looks like Magna P.I., the other one looks like Indiana Jones, he looks like Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> oh, my God, he does. It's just every time I look at him, I think of Wilfred Brimley. The animation's even better in this than DuckTales. Uh, it's so alive, so vibrant. Um, and you see, you see a lot of what is going on with this cartoon right here later in Bonkers. I must have been the same animated director because it has that same look and style. Right. Oh yeah, they are quite resourceful and quite inventive. <laughs> you know, Chip and Dale, the rescue rangers. Plus, they are chipmunks, but they're just so—they're too tiny for chipmunks. Are they infants? No, I just think that it made them cuter looking that way. But yeah, they are awfully tiny. I've seen chipmunks; they're not that small. In fact, you know what? Besides Bonkers, I actually see some of Warner Brothers here. I—I I feel like I'm watching a little bit of Animaniacs. Say that again? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was saying that some of the animation design looks like it went over to Warner Brothers years later, like in Animaniacs and Freakazoid and stuff like that. So I wonder if any of those people defected Disney went over to Warner Brothers. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. 
because it does seem kind of similar. Yeah, well, yeah, I got no, Alan Burnett. Back, yeah. What, what? yeah, it definitely seems similar to Animaniacs. Well, Alan Burnett was working on the last couple seasons of DuckTales, and of course he went over to revive Warner Brothers. He was responsible for a lot of their great cartoons, you know, especially in the superhero world. Oh, gosh, definitely. I think Didn't he also work on Batman, the animated series? Right, yes. That's pretty much where he uh, made his name. Even though he was working for Disney, he definitely broke out when he was over at Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, Disney was a great start, especially with, you know, as you just mentioned, the whole animation bust going on. And then now Warner Brothers got into the gig, and they came out with one of the best cartoons ever, freaking Batman. Batman's just great in everything. Okay, so I'm looking up the guys who created this cartoon. Now, one of the guys, he's still working today. He worked on a lot of the, the, the Disney stuff, and he's working on Bob's Burgers. Which one did he work on? Uh, he's, he did Return of Jafar. He worked on the original lad, Tad Stones. He, uh, oh, wow. So he did Chippendale, he did Darkwing Duck, and then he moved on to doing uh, Aladdin and Buzz Lightyear. And I just it's kind of interesting just looking at some of the stuff that he did. He is really, man, he works a lot, but he, return, he directed Return of Jafar. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, Return of Jafar. I thought was pretty cool. Really? I, I mean, didn't, I'm, I, didn't, I, I did not like that one. I liked Aladdin and the King of Thieves, but I did not like uh, the second Aladdin movie, mostly because I, they did not bring Robin Williams back. No, sadly they didn't. I guess they couldn't get him at the time, or they didn't want to pony up the cash. Oh, that too. Actually, no. Uh, Robin Williams. He wasn't like too much of a cash cow. He wasn't all about the money. Oh, okay. Was he all about the base? About that base. Possibly. About that base. <laughs> Um, oh. And the other co-creator is Alan Zasloff. Uh, you know, I thought maybe that was a... I must be confusing with someone else that's more recent. But um, I, it's stunning. He started off working for UPA, which is the, the guys that created Gerald and Floing Boing, Mr. Magoo, and a lot of those really great Oscar-winning cartoons, which I don't think you've been able to see yet. And i, I got to get you a playlist to watch some of these great UPA cartoons. Definitely. Show them to me. I must know these. Yes. You, you consume cartoons better than anybody else I know. It's amazing. And I said, well, what can I say? you got to have some kind of attachment to, to your childhood still. Yeah. All right. This guy looks like – this guy's like wearing Cyclops glasses. Let me see. That mouse. Oh, yeah. Total yeah. surfer mouse. Weird. I remember really liking that little fly or whatever he is, lightning bug. Oh, God. You know, Chippendale do actually make appearances still. Uh, there are They're going to come back in Kingdom Hearts 3. You know what we didn't discuss is that DuckTales is coming back on XD, and if it's successful, you know that Chippendale is just around the corner. Oh, definitely. I mean, come on, especially with a – oh, wow. The animation here is just like it's just like something out of a movie. I felt like I was just watching Five of Goes West for a second. Yeah, it's so strong. You know, the voice actors in this one um, – you know, it's funny. We were talking about all the actors in DuckTales were kind of like guys who would bounce between live action and animation, or you get animation legends. Now, all these guys are really well-known for uh, animation, but it's funny that a few of these guys are Warner Brothers people. Uh, Corey Burton, of course, he did tons and tons of cartoons. Peter Cullen again, but Jim Cummings, Trace McNeil, Rob Paulson, all Warner Brothers people. Actually, Trace is also on, um, was on The Simpsons, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I, I, well, I definitely did recognize a few of them. Oh, Especially, Jim, um, yeah, Jim Cummings is Darkwing Duck as well. Yeah, I know, Jim Cummings. That's that's where I, that's where I remember him from. And then, and of course, he was always like the announcer, like in between shows, like on the commercials regarding that whole WB network when it was on. Yeah, yeah, I would hear his voice all the freaking time. 
Alan Oppenheimer did voice work on this as well, and I swear that he was in He-Man. He was. He was a oh. uh, man at arms in He-Man. I used to see his name every once in a while, but he was more of a stage actor too, or, or, or you know, live action actor. Hmm. Yeah, they usually do have. They usually do have those stints at first, you know, live action, yeah, more more theatrical uh, performances. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, as far as going to voice work. Well, it's a nice job too because you don't have to sit around waiting forever. You don't have to put on the makeup and get you know you know oh wait for we gotta get the lighting right. It's just hey you ready your voice ready and like yeah okay let's go and then you're done. And you're like oh that's awesome thank you. Oh that too and that and it can you know depending on when you how great you are like you can re- your voice can really make that character. True. Oh and also you're not really typecast because. Uh, you know, in front of the screen, you're usually picked, oh, well, he's a chubby guy. He'll play the guy who eats too much. Or, you know, he's the sidekick lawyer. He'll never be the lead. But if you could look however you want, and if you have the exactly. right voice, you can be whatever they decide you can be. Oh, exactly. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, um, one case in particular for me was uh, Robert Carlyle, you know, playing the voice of uh, Dracula in the Castlevania games. I didn't know that like, he did that. Yeah, Robert Carlyle, he did Castlevania Lords of Shadow 1 and 2. That's Those awesome. are the recent games. I didn't know that. Oh gosh, yeah, no, but he really like breathes life into this character. He's br- he is a brilliant actor. I love him. He's the only reason I'm watching Once Upon a Time. Huh. I've never seen it. Well, that, well, that, and also, um, oh gosh, how can I forget the actress's name? She plays the she plays uh, the dark she plays the dark queen uh, Regina in Once Upon a Time. I keep forgetting her name. I don't know. Next I'll remember. Yeah. I'll I'll probably remember it later. Um, the one that made I mean, a difference, the reason why the animation in DuckTales probably is a little bit better than, or is a little bit lesser than Chip and Dale, is because the budget for DuckTales was just shy of, like, it was probably about 900000 an episode, but Chip and Dale, based on the fact that, you know, DuckTales was so successful, they gave it a budget of about $1.3, 1. $1.4 which is a huge difference when it comes to cartoons. Oh, definitely. My gosh. So, evident- uh, so evidently, it's a cat thief, it's a cat you know, smuggling ring. You know, I mean, who else would, like, you know, create robot dogs and kidnap cats? I would, but it's just Unless to amuse myself. Pretty much, yeah, or if you're a crazy cat person. Hmm. You know, we talk about the Disney revival, and we've mentioned every single cartoon here, and there's one that I've never, ever seen. It's called Raw Tunage. And I think it was just, like, uh, random characters would get together for little bits and pieces of cartoons. I've never seen it. Oh, gosh, it almost reminds me of Coffee and Cigarettes by Jim Jarmusch. Was it Jim Jarmusch who did that? What? Coffee and Cigarettes? Yes, he did. Like, with the breakup? Yeah, okay, yes, it was. Like, you know, people, you know, certain people would just sit around, you know, talk about whatever while smoking coffee and cigarettes in a diner. Well, I'm sure it and... wasn't animated versions of that, but I'm just saying it was more, it was more of an yes. anthology. Yes, that's, that's kind of like what it reminded us. So it's like they'd have them, like, little bits and pieces talk about this and that in between. That's what Rotunage was? I think. Or that it was like an anthology. You know how um, uh, they would gather up all the Looney Tunes cartoons? You know, it'd be like, oh, here's one of Sylvester and Tweety. Here's one of Bugs Bunny. Here's one of Daffy Duck. Here's one of Porky Pig. You know, and they collect them into the Looney Tunes Hour or the Roadrunner Bugs Bunny show. I can't remember. It kept changing names. I think it was like that. Where, like, they would show a little bit, hey, here's a short DuckTales cartoon. Oh, here's one of Bonkers. Here's one of this. Or they try out <laughs> characters they never, they never that never had a cartoon before. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we should have, I, I'll actually try to find you an episode and see, because I've never seen it either, and I want, I'm curious as to what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. This guy is quite a crazy scientist. 
It says here that Disney is trying to make a live action version of this. I I have never been a fan of the live action movies where they combine animation, you know, the the characters into our world. It drives me nuts. It, it, the only time it ever seemed to work was Smurfs. Like the Garfield movie sucks. Underdog sucked. Um, oh, I'm not even gonna bring up Inspector Gadget because I can't even figure out what the hell that is. I don't even think that's a movie. I know it, the one with Matthew Broderick. Yeah, he's great in it, but the movie itself, in general, it's just it's barely a movie. It's like a music video. Uh, what else is there? There's kind Rock, of, yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? That sucked. Um, oh yeah, Rocky and Bullwinkle was a huge disappointment. Uh, who else do they have? Oh yeah, I remember there was a live action movie of Boris and Natasha in the early '90s with John Candy. Actually, I, I, I enjoyed that one. Um, there's the the Hong Kong Fui movie coming up soon, which looks stupid. Marmaduke was terrible. Um, man, I can't think of any good ones. Yogi Bear was terrible. Yeah, sadly, it's like, come on, Dan Aykroyd. Jay, I mean, I love Dan Aykroyd and Justin Timberlake and Anna Faris and oh god, I keep forgetting that actress name, but he plays Doctor Wells in uh, the Flash live anime. Oh animated. yeah, he was on Ed. I can't remember his name either. Ah, uh, you know what? The Scooby Doo movie wasn't too bad. The second one. No, the second one wasn't too bad at all. But I mean, the first one was just loaded with, you know, uh, certain jokes. <laughs> like, you know, and uh, Shaggy meets that girl. Her name's Mary Jane. He's like, that's like my favorite name in the world. Or the smoke coming out of the van, and they're surrounded by food. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although, a live, as far as, like, live action goes, oh, my gosh, they even did a parody. Uh, Saturday Night Live did a parody trailer of a live action uh, Disney classic coming to, you know, how they have, you know, Cinderella and Maleficent. Now they're going to do doing Beauty and the Beast. And they did, and Saturday Night Live did a trailer of uh, Bambi with the with the Rock starring as Bambi. Oh, it's like this you big know what? I got I, I got to catch up on Saturday Night Live. I heard about this. It's hilarious. <laughs> By the way, and that, that actor, the actor from Yogi Bear, his name's Tom Cavanaugh. Totally forgot that. That's yeah, that's what it was, Tom Cavanaugh. Oh my gosh, yeah. But uh, I can't believe they I can't believe they ruined uh, you know cartoons like that. It's just. I mean, yeah, great casting, but it's like. What's with the plot? Why do they have to come to the real world? I don't want to see the real world, honestly. Yeah, well, the Smurfs, they're trying to fix the Smurfs. The third one, well, actually, let's say this. The first one was a huge, insane success. The second one was kind of rushed, and I still enjoy the second one, but it didn't do anywhere nearly as well. So they decided, you know, we still it's still making good money, but we need to save some, you know, a budget on it. So they're going to make the third one all animated, and they're going to make it like... They're not going to do that three-dimensional, ultra-realistic kind. They're going to be stylized. It may even be hand-drawn. I'm not sure. Oh, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, I think it's going to cost much, much less. And, of course, it's probably going to make less of the box office, but it's huge international. Probably. Um, But although seeing uh, Hank Azaria as Gargamel was perfect. Yeah, that was actually pretty enjoyable. Chippendale, I just don't see why. Why would you make it live-action considering there's no actual humans in the cartoon? Except for this mad scientist, that's it. Well, I mean, like regular cast members. Yeah. I know, I don't know. It just seems like Although, a really oh, gosh, stupid. Alvin and the Chipmunks. What? When they did Alvin and the Chipmunks like live action, I was like, oh, oh, I forgot about that. You know what? That was okay. I didn't hate it, but I'm not like I never saw the second one or the third one. Apparently, there's a fourth one coming. A fourth one? Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Just don't. They, they never give up until no one wants to come back anymore, and then like, well, I it's... guess we'll go straight to video. It's like, I love Alvin and the Chipmunks, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, Jason Lee is, you know, uh, David. Yeah. I just, his voice just doesn't, doesn't work for me. No, no. I love Jason Lee, but yeah, he's, he was the wrong person for that role. Oh, yeah, he know he's coming back from Mallrats, too. 
Yeah, well, who isn't? Uh, apparently, everybody in that movie needs a job. Because I think the first Mallrats kind of sucks. I loved it when I was younger, but I watch it now thinking, these people are jerks. I can't stand it. You know, I'll go with Chase and Amy I anytime. I love it. Oh, I love Chase and, oh, yeah, Chase and Amy. You know, that's... Uh, Kevin Smith, he does love... He does secretly love romantic movies. I want to say, this character design here for the cat reminds me of Oliver and Company. You know what's funny is I've never seen Oliver and Company. In fact, it's the only Disney movie from the, my childhood I don't think I've ever seen. No, oh, wow, really? No, no, I've never seen Pocahontas. I've never seen Pocahontas either. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, Pocahontas, I thought Pocahontas was a huge success. Everybody loved that one. Yeah, I just never had any interest. It was about a girl, and I was you know, getting to the age where I was like kind of getting out of cartoons. But I'll tell you what, the next year when Hunchback came out, I was like, oh, I love this movie. Everybody, Hunchback and yeah, that did not do well, and, and people kind of despised it. I thought it was amazing. How did people despise Hunchback? Hunchback I, was a classic. I think it's because he tried to cutesy up uh, a, a very difficult, like, mature story. That's why. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, hey, I mean, look at... Oh, God, I mean, Pocahontas. I mean, cutesying that up, I mean, that was difficult, too. I mean, oh, that's... yeah, yeah, definitely. And then... Oh, yeah, and then there was Hercules. Hercules, I thought, was a good one, too. We don't need to do a live-action one of that, because they already did that with The Rock. Right. Which was a much better movie than the one with uh, Kellen Lutz. <laughs> oh, that one with Kellen Lutz, isn't it? That's barely a movie. Well, the one with, yeah, the one with Carol. I was like, how was this released in the theaters? This just looks like garbage. Cost $70 million. Gosh, really cheap budget. I... That and it had, it had nothing to do with the actual story of Hercules. Right. You know what? He it, didn't I, I bet you... The labors. I almost guarantee you that Hercules, it says $70 million on paper, but it's another one of those classic smuggling things. Companies do it all the time where they say it's a certain amount of money and Lionsgate goes, okay, well, if you give us a $70 million movie about Hercules, we'll give you $30 million for U.S. distribution. They're like, okay, and then they take that $30 million, and that's the budget. That's pretty much the budget. Oh, wow. The rest they pocket. I mean, it had to be less than $70 million. Oh, yeah. That's I look at sure. it going maybe forty, maybe. There's no name actors. The action sequences, except for one, was really clever. The CGI looks like garbage, and we are way off topic. We are so far off topic, it's ridiculous. <laughs> We're not even like the I, I, We went from Oliver and Company to that. My I mean, it was still, I mean, it, you can tell that's what it reminds me of, all well, that and Aristocrats, and those same cats just ran by. Like, you know, the same exact group of cats just, like, kept walking by. I mean, maybe they were all similar. Maybe they're all siblings. I don't know. While we're on the subject, there is one animated movie that was a huge, massive flop that no one even remembers now, and I really, really enjoyed it. It is Cats Don't Dance. <gasps> Have you seen it? The one by Gene, the one that Gene Kelly helped create. Did he help create it? I know Scott Bakula is the the main character and or the main voice actor, and uh, it was from Warner Brothers, and I just I really enjoyed it, and I remember it made like two and a half million or something ridiculously low. It was such a bummer. It is. I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, because Gene Kelly was the one who came up with, like, you know, the ideas for, like, you know, the routines for the cats and, you know, dancing and all that. I didn't know that. That's weird. Yeah. And that was also, I think it was a tribute to him, too, because he died shortly after it. Um, so, you know, Rescue Rangers is still at the, the very beginnings of the Disney revival because Disney was in serious trouble in the 80s. They focused... I think it started kind of like in the late 60s is where they started focusing more on their live action and their their uh, animation started getting pushed back. You know, I was like, oh, okay, so there's not one every few years. It's now like every five years. And, you know, I think Fox and the Hound was their last like real classic traditional animated movie. 
And then things oh, yeah. just started getting... I mean, I still enjoy the movies they made during the 80s, but I could see where they bombed, like, The Black Cauldron is a mess. Uh, oh, I thought Black Cauldron was awesome. Nah, I don't know. It, it never even finished telling the story, and I always thought it was kind of a mess. Um, the Great Mouse Detective was a fantastic movie, but it didn't make very much money. Oliver and Company did okay. And, you know, um, a lot of their stuff oh, was gosh. bombing. And if it wasn't for DuckTales and Little Mermaid and Rescue Rangers coming along and saving their bacon, I don't know where Disney would be right now. They might even not even be a, a business anymore. I know. They probably wouldn't own... They probably wouldn't own Marvel, that's for sure. You know what's weird is that they even have the money to buy Marvel, and they bought, uh, what, what did they buy? They bought the Muppets, they bought Marvel, they bought George Lucas's company, and you're talking a, a billion dollars worth of, you know, buyouts, and I don't understand where they got it from, because if you look at their slate of movies, their movies have been bombing like crazy. Pixar basically held them up for years, because starting with uh what was it atlantis because tarzan was the last great cartoon they made and then you know in that era and then it's like atlantis kind of sucked and treasure planet sucked um, oh i love treasure planet like actually. that, that had jgl's in that one yeah but i just didn't like it and uh didn't they do home on the range or something that was awful and i think so they're they're what live... about the go ahead Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I wanted to mention this earlier when you were discussing, like, you know, throughout the 60s and 70s. Yeah, there was the Robin Hood uh, animated movie, too, where they're all animals. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, my gosh, I love that so much. And Jungle Book. Let's not forget Jungle Book. Yeah, and the 60s is kind of like their peak, and then they started focusing more on live action. And it, you know what's funny is their animated movies hold up so well in their live action stuff. When's the last time you heard anybody say, you know what, I watched last night that was so good? The computer wore tennis shoes, you know, or... Uh, um, is that the one with Kurt Russell? That darn cat, you know. Uh, yeah, it's one with oh, Kurt yeah. Russell. You know, stuff like that. There's a lot of these movies. The Black Hole. Who even talks about the Black Hole? And that cost them a fortune. <laughs> yeah, but now they're well. They're definitely getting their live action movies done right, especially with the computer generated imagery. Maleficent. When I watched that, uh, just seeing how it ended and whatnot, I was that kind of like what did it for me. I mean, yeah, it's visually great, but overall, it's a little overrated. If you oh, want to call it a great storyline. I really line. enjoyed it. Um, but you know, the thing I was saying, like when they're bombing earlier, not only was the animated movies bombing, but if you look at their slate of like these movies that cost like $200, $250 million, and they all bombed. Uh, Prince of Persia, Lone Ranger. Oh, yeah, it did. You know, of course, as much as we love Tron Legacy, it didn't make a ton of cash, but it was one of their few successful live-action movies. I just A lot of the stuff they're making cost a ton of money, and then you look at what came back, and you're like, how did you guys afford to buy Marvel? Just Marvel, not even including LucasArts and Pixar and the Muppets. Well, the Muppets yeah. you could probably get for five bucks at that time. Yeah. But then they came out with the new Muppets movie. Jason Siegel was the one who had a lot of help in that. Yeah, he basically saved that franchise. He did. I mean, he was such a huge fan, and now he's got... He, stayed, he was a producer, and he starred in it. So, yeah, he really knew. He, like, you know, understood how the Muppets worked and what they did. Everything. And getting all those wonderful cameos together, too. Yeah. Um, with the Rescue <clears throat> Rangers, the only way you can do it live action and make it work is uh, you're going to have to have someone who really understands animation. Because a lot of times when they try to make them live, they look horrifying. Yogi Bear looks like a nightmare that I barfed up. And also, it's just yeah. going to have to be a really good story. Oh, I know. I mean, because even the jokes, even the jokes in Yogi Bear, I could not laugh at. I'm like, 
Oh my god, you're making kids not gonna want to watch this yeah, ever. Even though it made a lot of money, it made a lot of money. So I'm sure there's Yogi Bear two somewhere around the corner. Possibly, I won't see it. All right, Probably so I think that's it for us here. Any last words on these two cartoons? I really hope they do something great with Ducktales. I mean, I, it's like gosh, all the voice actors on that show, um, that you know performed for that show, yeah, they're all they're all still kicking. They all put in their voices for the uh, video game that came out. Of, uh, two years ago. Yeah, and uh, they're probably going to come back to the next. Uh, you know, in a year from now, we should revisit this and see how the new series does. Actually, no, wait. You know what? I forgot. For some reason, the series was announced a couple months ago, but it's not coming out till 2017. That's a really, really long time to wait. I know animation takes a while, but come on. Yeah, no. I will. I do want to say this. At least we've got some good movies in between. That's true. That are going to be coming out. Especially, I'm really excited for Batman vs Superman. Especially after the latest trailer earlier. Yeah, well, you know, you know, Ducktales is uh, is going to be going to TV, not 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 live action. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like in the meantime, to keep us busy. Oh, okay. Until yes. this comes out. In fact, you know, while we do the back in tunes on a regular basis, we try to give you great cartoons every week. We were thinking, um, I don't know how the audience feels about this. But we used to do a TV or do a TV show. We used to do a podcast called Retro Rocket Entertainment, like Retro Rocket News. Hey everybody, welcome back to Back in Tunes. I'm Michael, that's Jacob. <coughs> oh, calm down, Donald. Jeez, don't pop a blood vessel. <laughs> of course, uh, Jacob's doing the voices of Goofy and Donald, and it stuns me. The Donald isn't too hard to do, but the Goofy, the cadence, is really hot, really, really hard to do. I can kind of do that thing from the the Goofy movie where he goes, well, Another bowl of high dance soup! No, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I don't know how you get it. <laughs> Oh, you just gotta think like a stereotypical hillbilly at times. So <laughs> With good. a little bit of Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've been kind of avoiding the golden age of cartoons, which is ironic since of all the eras of cartoons, I know the golden age and the silver age probably the best from the very beginnings up until probably about the end of the theatrical shorts in 1971 with the end of Woody Woodpecker. Yet, for some reason, we've never tackled these, and I, I don't know why. But this episode, we're going to be discussing the Disney cartoons. Um, I, I have to say I'm kind of a jerk. I never really cared for Disney because I thought it was too cute. So I kind of wanted to skip Pluto and Mickey because I never really found them funny. They're beautifully animated, but I never found them that entertaining. Do you like Mickey and, Goofy, or Mickey and Pluto? They were, uh, they were pretty boring, I'm going to admit that. Uh, <laughs> but when it came to Donald Duck... I can I, I gosh I just couldn't help but laugh. It's like people got him pissed off because it you know it brought joy to them. <laughs> like God, get this guy's blood pressure going. You're get, they're gonna kill him and they don't even realize it. What's wrong with those cartoons? Yeah, every major so company much. that was doing the animated shorts, they had a particular. It's usually like the A list. You know, like the way it works with Marvel Comics, their A list is you know the Avengers, X Men, Spider Man, you know, and the Hulk. Uh, whereas, you know, like Looney Tunes, their A-list was so strong. Their B-list was pretty much an A-list for any other company. But Disney, as big as they were, they only had the big four. Donald, Goofy, Pluto, and Mickey. And it's kind of strange. Chip and Dale would come and go, but they're usually part of someone else's cartoon. And it's just, it's kind of odd that they only had the four. Did, am I missing one? Oh, I can't really think of Anyone other than those four, I think of Minnie, you have Daisy. Yeah, but they're always think... part of the other ones. You know, Minnie was always part of Mickey. 
Daisy was always part of Donald's. So it's just it's uh, it's kind of a very short catalog of stars for them. And uh, yeah, Pluto was a like a supporting villain. Villain? Yeah, not Pluto. Uh, Bluto. Oh, there's two Blutos. Because you know. No, no, no. Pete. Oh, Pete. Pete. Okay. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so this is the playlist we found on YouTube. Uh, it's a really short playlist, but we're going to pick a, a few right in the middle. Watch all of them. They're amazing to look at. Uh, fast story pacing, but these in particular we wanted to do. I'll put the link with the episode so that we're all on the same page. Uh, it's just a compilation of Donald and uh, Goofy. And it's some of the best 50s animation you've ever seen in life. I think maybe better than UPA and Moons combined. It's so beautiful. You know, and great voice and great voiceovers. However, in this first one, uh, Tennis Racket, I was surprised. I was like, I don't hear the actual goofy voice. You hear his like little, oh, oh, you know, his laugh and his giggles. But then it, when the whole announcement comes up, it's, you know, so it's, you know, radio broadcasting of its time. Right. Well, here's the weird thing about uh, Goofy is while analyzing these cartoons again, because I'll admit to this, uh, 15 years ago, I worked hardcore on making a book about Golden Age, the whole shorts, you know, that they made theaters, like the whole Golden Age uh, cartoons. Yeah, and I remember these. I, for some reason, like halfway through the book, I just stopped because I realized I was not covering any new ground that someone else had not. So I just felt like I was just reiterating something that had already been said, so it was pointless. But while I was doing that, I watched thousands and thousands of cartoons and uh the disney cartoons are the hardest to get a hold of but i feel that this is the greatest era because the budgets were huge the storylines were so funny so fast-paced these are choice selections but i noticed something goofy about the cartoon or something about the goofy cartoon is he is an everyman you know the argument between pluto and goofy they're both dogs oh gosh yes i know it's like how is how come one's not like the other one's just like you know dog in the real world you know little like different consciousness than our own can't exactly communicate like with us like we could yeah with ourselves now pluto is a dog now goofy looks like a dog but goofy represents the everyman like the the quality in all of us that's clumsy that this that we're, we're just a dog do, 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 you know a uh, metaphorical dog not a literal dog but that's why in a lot of the goofy cartoons it's not Goofy, the character that we know so much. I don't know if Goofy's a race of dogs, because you ever notice they all kind of look alike? Um, I really haven't pinned down that exactly, but Goofy himself stands for every man that's ever been uncomfortable, clumsy, you know, a goober, basically. So that's yeah. why everybody looks the same, and they could basically be all Goofies. Yes, a, a nitwit. Yeah, because in, in, in Mickey's world... There is only one Goofy, and that's the Goofy we all know and love that we've come to know through the movie, you know, Goof Troop and stuff like that. But at the time of these cartoons, when it's set in his world, there's thousands of Goofies. It's just, it represents all man. Pretty much, yeah. No, no, that confused me for a bit. I was like, wait a minute, why aren't there more Goofies? Like, when they all team up and get together. Yeah, it's a weird meta thing where... They ask, <laughs> they ask this kind of question in a Stand By Me. It's like, yeah, yeah Bluto's a dog, Donald's a duck, Mickey's a mouse. What's goofy? <laughs> um, so we are going to go ahead and start. Are you already playing the list? Oh, no, actually, I'm waiting on you. Oh, okay, so we're going to start it at the 1343 moment. We're going to jump in, uh, appropriately enough, jump into the dancing episode with Goofy, and then we'll go from there and you know see if we play out the list, or if we stop, we stop. We don't want to go on too long. 
And we already have one. Like, seven minutes just on this. All right, so go ahead and hit play. We'll play a little bit of music with it. And five, four, three, two, one. Retro Rockets, go! Okay, so... So are we at tennis racket or are we at the dancing one? Okay, good. I fast forwarded just in case, thankfully. My gosh. If this isn't how people actually dance? No, this is, this is so historically accurate. Darn you, Disney! <laughs> um, so you notice the music is a full orchestra. They spared nothing when they did the music. Every single oh. short had original soundtrack, and it was just fantastic. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, these are played in between, uh, you know, at movies. Yeah, either they would start oh, sure. them off. Yeah, here's the weird thing is, um, you know, it's typical for movies now to be two, two and a half hour big epic events. Yes, they did have Gone with Wind. They had Wizard of Oz. You know, they had the big event movies. But some of the studios, they had shorter films. And back then, I don't know what the attention span was. I think it's ironic the movies were shorter back then because there was nothing else to do. Now, we kind of want movies to speed up, yet they're getting longer. And uh, so the movies weren't pad out appropriately enough. They would be like a 75-minute movie, so they had to pad it. So they'd throw in a, a five-minute news segment and ten minutes of uh, trailers. And then right before the movie, they would throw in a cartoon. And every major studio had um, a contract. Either they had their own animated vision, like the way Warner Brothers did, or they contracted out to an animation studio who would make the shorts for them. And, you know, Disney did not have a studio, per se, when it came to live-action films. They had a couple animated movies, but for the most part, their stuff was distributed through RKO. It was completely defunct. It's been defunct for 50 years. Of course. Uh, There's such wonderful cartoons, and that was clear, and that was really depicted very well in the movie uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is like a blend of animation and live-action film, and it was done perfectly well. The Roger Rabbit movie um, is a love letter to all of these cartoons that the you know the people who were kids in the 60s grew up on because once they stopped showing in theaters or they got older they would sell them to a network that's part of the reason why these shorts died disney saw that it was more profitable instead of spending i'll say this uh disney did not play cheap he had the most expensive animated shorts around they were seventy-five thousand to a hundred thousand Per short, we're talking six minutes of animation, it costs that much back in the 50s. That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But then he saw that there was more money in making uh, either full movies or original programming for television. That's why you see the cartoons almost extinguished by the time the 60s hit. And he was solely focused on the wonderful world of Disney every single week delivering a new, a new cartoon, something. So... And them and uh, Hanna-Barbera did the same thing. They saw there was more profit in doing television. The only problem is the quality sucked in comparison with what we're looking at right now. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, just I mean, just seeing this on YouTube, I mean, this is great quality animation right here. Yeah, that's a worst And it looks, it looks brand new. Yeah, it, the colors are absolutely... I don't even think they've been touched up. They might have been cleaned up by Disney, but it is absolutely amazing. I mean, if you were to air this now... Some people might actually think this isn't, you know, oh, is this just made? Is this new? Like, you know, old, you know, created in the old-fashioned, right. the old-fashioned way. Yeah, the, I hate the fact that CGI is the only thing. I love CGI when it comes to, like, really high-quality films like the way Pixar does. 
But why is it everything now? Why is there no hand-drawn animation except for like cheap, low-budget Flash animation the way Archer is? I love or former films. But it looks, or foreign it films look too. the best. What were you going to say? Uh, foreign films as well. They also have. They still do hand, you know, hand-drawn animation. This is true. The French really embrace hand-drawn animation. And thankfully, oh gosh, what was that one? Uh, it was a French film about three sisters. I can't remember what it was called. I remember there was the triplets of Belleville. Is that the one? That's it. Okay. There we are. Okay, honestly, I, this cannot teach anybody how to dance <laughs> at all. This is quite horrible. If I was a kid and I watched this and I tried to copy Goofy, I'd look like a big idiot. Yeah, it's weird. It says that uh, Goofy's hat is intended to be a rumpled fedora, but looking at that hat, there's no way that's a fedora. That is, I don't know what that is. That's like a sock hat crumpled up. It's, like a, it's ridiculous. It's like if a top hat and a chef hat had a baby. Right. That's exactly what it would look like. And it, it got dropped on its head a lot. Just as Goofy, oh. How how could they? Just as Goofy was about to, you know, swoon his woman, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody comes in and just messes it up. He gets the crap kicked out of him. Oh my god, this is this is an unintentional mosh pit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I noticed? Like the girl he was dancing with was like human, not dog, not yeah, Goofy that, dog. Yeah, that, that's where it clicked in for me. That's where it clicked in when I was watching that episode or that short. Is when I was like, oh, I get it now. All men are dogs, and Goofy represents every man. So that's why the women are normal, and Goofies are all dogs. <laughs> oh, that's oh gosh! It's like you know those men's rights activists getting all upset over the new Mad Max movie in Australia. Gosh, they should be getting mad at these old Disney cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Goofy's full name is Goofus Goofus D Dog. Goofus D Dog. Oh, come on. Listen to this, too. Donald Duck had his own theme song. How awesome was that? Wait, let me hear it. Ah, I think I, I missed it already. I did. I'm a goober. Oh, here we go. Actually, you might be a few seconds ahead of me, and right now I'm talking to you. Okay. So, yeah, I'm currently at the episode three for breakfast, which was Donald Duck starred in it, and it guest starred Chip and Dale. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> just throws in that little yeah at the end. That's so yeah. It's Donald's a man. That's why. Yeah, I think it's funny that, uh, you know, you look at, you listen to the music, and a lot of it, uh, it has that quality where it's like a bunch of people in one room singing together. Like, the 50s and 60s way of singing a song, you never hear that now, and nobody would ever do that unless it was in parody form. Right. But no, this one was just straight up like, yeah, they were serious. It was a legit song. It wasn't goof. It wasn't, you know, meant to be funny. Unless you're hearing Donald Duck sing the entire thing, then yes, it is meant to be funny because it's Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, Chip and, okay. yeah, Chip and Dale like, didn't have actual dialogue. They just had noises. Yeah, I think it was added later. I, I think they wanted them to not be confused. You remember the two mice that were in the Warner Brothers cartoons that always caused problems? You know, one oh, yeah. was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like the Honeymooner kind of, one was kind of goofy and another one was tough. And, right. Uh, it was kind of like that. So I think that's why uh, Chippendale didn't have voices. And I don't even know if they ever even had voices in the shorts. I don't think it was until Rescue Rangers when they started talking. That stack of pancakes looks so good right now. I really want pancakes. Dude, the slapjacks really, really are amazing. Pancakes. Do, you call, <laughs> do you call them pancakes or do you call them hotcakes, flapjacks? 
I don't care. I just want to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, basically, <laughs> so if anything, I think Donald was doing them a favor. He was just roasting their chestnuts for them. Yes, but no, they, do, they won't settle for that. They just want the pancakes. They want to steal his pancakes. They're little thieves. With Goofy, um, word has it that Disney actually hated the Goofy cartoons because they were just setups and breakdowns. Just, uh, here's a gag, here's a gag, 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 gag. And then they weren't that long, you know, the whole cutesy emotional involvement kind of stuff. But that's what I love about the Goofy ones is because they're set up like Tex Avery cartoons, which is set up punchline, set up punchline. It's very, very funny, and at no point am I ever bored. Oh, of course not. No, I wasn't. No, Goofy was entertaining to watch. He, I felt, yeah, no, I felt like I was constantly watching slapstick. <laughs> oh, man. That kid's not, just like in that last one. Oh, jeez. Like, joke after joke after joke. It's like, you know, just like cutting up all the papers, you know, to make him look like feet so he can remember his dance moves and following them to the T until he ended up kicking up a, kicking a guy in the bum. Ugh. Did, um, did you, watch the goofy movie yes i did i absolutely love the first one the second one's okay an extremely goofy movie but that first goofy is so beautiful and it's such a strong story oh i know especially the huge father-son bonding kind of cartoon especially like i mean it it definitely took place after goof troop i guess after goof i thought it took place before but i could be wrong oh no it was uh it took place after because you know max is a little kid and then in this one he's a teenager and he's you know, <clears throat> I guess, yeah, he was in high school. I think it was like a year, I think it was might have been senior year. No, junior year. Okay. Yeah, I never saw Goof Troop, so I wasn't sure. I somebody said that was afterwards. Yeah, and Goof Troop, he was like, what, 12, preteen, I think, around that age. Max always had the same voice, though. He did not sound any different, his friend Max. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, now that I'm remembering it, Goofy movie. Oh God, Polly Shore was uh, his friend, the oh, one yeah, who had, right. had the addiction to cheese whiz. Hey, buddy. Shadow Wednesday. There is a time when Polly Shore was king. I was about five years there. Everybody loved him, and all of a sudden, within the, like within the instant, we just turned on him, and it was such a shame because he, I thought he was, I still love Polly Shore. Oh, I do too. I mean, gosh, he, I think he's still like in charge of his mom's comedy club. Yeah, that's why you don't see him much anymore. I think, one, because our interests changed. You know, we kind of turned our backs on him, which had to suck. And then, of course, like you're saying, uh, he got focused on saving the club. Yeah, and he actually, I think he went on a uh, stand-up tour recently. And he's he's also taking care of his mom because his mom's, like, you know, she's very old. And her mental health is starting to deteriorate, deteriorate. Can you do the, hey, uh, can you do the, the goofy laugh? The wah-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Oh, gosh, no. I can't hit, I can't hit tones that high. I'm too much of a baritone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, I'll probably try it later, but I don't want anyone to, I don't want to hurt anyone's ears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here comes the infamous scene. We were discussing, you just said something to me before about it being a racist moment, and I was like, where? I kept oh. waiting for it, and it didn't happen. And, oh, no, uh, I hit it. I, oh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit, you're right. That is not good. You know, we, know, like, we have to take uh, we have to take some of these older cartoons with a slight grain of salt. That's not an excuse for being racist, but we understand where they're coming from. These were not made now. They were made then when we are kind of insensitive and clueless to things that were different than us. But yeah, right here. Holy crap. That and uh, Walt Disney. Oh, gosh, Walt Disney was anti-Semitic. Is he oh, or is that a rumor? 
Oh no, he was he was, he was definitely anti-Semitic. Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> oh jeez, this is so evil. This is so evil. Oh, Asians must hate this cartoon right now. Oh yeah, it probably needs. A... There is stuff from that era that just makes you cringe. Like Breakfast at Tiffany's is a fantastic movie until you make Rooney and you're like, ah, uh, uh, I am very uncomfortable right now. Oh boy. Oh no, gosh, I'm pretty sure it made. Bru oh no, I'm, I think. When Bruce Lee saw that movie, he was just really quiet. When, you know, everybody was laughing at Mickey Rooney. He's just sitting there going, just silent. Like, how's this funny? Yeah, you know what's funny is I uh, I watched the Sea Salt once, but I don't particularly remember it. Um, it was it wasn't as funny as the other ones that we've seen with him. It, it looks like maybe very early fifties, maybe late forties. It's a little more cutesy than the rest of them, but it's uh, it, it feels a little more um, uh, what do I want to say touchy feely. Right. Uh, okay, now this episode here is Sea Salt. Yeah. He looks like he looks like uh, Uncle Scrooge, kind of. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I, I wasn't sure if you were at the same point I was. Yeah, you get the feeling. Here's the thing. Is, did you know that Uncle Scrooge is only in one of the shorts at the very end of the whole run? And he's in the, like, one of the last five or six of them. Wow, really? And, yeah, and he's only in one appearance. He was in the, the comic book. You know, the Carl Banks Uncle Scrooge comic book was huge. For some reason, he never made the lead to the shorts, and they did one with him, and that was it. And do you think somebody looked back and said, "Hey, let's use, let's turn this guy into a protagonist. Let's get him his own cartoon." Yeah, I don't know where the idea, where someone decided, you know, well, let's launch. We can't take our A list, so let's just take someone from the B list and turn them into a cartoon. That's why I think Chippendale and uh, um, Ducktales were early choices because people love Scrooge McDuck from the comic strips. And Chip and Dale, because they appeared in at least a handful of these cartoons, but they weren't the A-list. So if it bombed, there wasn't really damage to the character. Yeah. I'm thinking this guy. Is this Jiminy Cricket? Like young Jiminy? You know what? I have no... You're, you're, are you saying he's young? Because I see white hair and glasses. Oh, right. Oh. Sorry. Like, I'm, hold on. Let me pause it so we can catch up. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There he is. Yes. Very much younger. Oh. Yeah. Now I get it. They were older. He was like Scrooge McDuck age earlier, so this must be a flashback. You know what's funny is I watched this one, but I think I walked out of the room to do something and I came back, so that's my fault. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, gosh, to be that small, it's like, it seems so complicated, but yet so luxurious. I mean, you could just use his, he just used his friend as a blanket and a cushion, and it wouldn't bug anybody. He's just so tiny. He makes no... Why doesn't Donald wear pants? That, I don't get that either. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's because he's a duck, and it's an anatomic thing. I don't know. It's just weird. He wears that fancy little shirt and hat, but then, no pants. <laughs> and now what, they're on land. Do you know what Donald Duck's middle name is? Do tell me. Fauntleroy. Fauntleroy. They actually, Fauntleroy, huh. Like they got really lazy with Goofy. Goofy D. Dog, and then they're like, screw it, Fauntleroy. I, how much, it's like, what do you think was going on? How long of a process did it take to I know, give him a name? I have no idea where that came from. It's so random. Coconut water, yes. <laughs> what a stinker. Oh, coconut water is very essential. It's good for you. Yes, it is. A lot of people were just discovering that in the last decade. Oh, jeez. Oh, Donald, you cheat. You stinking cheat. You know, the, uh, the work that they've done to make Donald and Daffy so different 
uh, must have been frustrating because, you know, the, the essential breakdown is the fact that they're both angry. You know, well, actually, Daffy started off kind of crazy, just a complete lunatic who antagonized people. But then Daffy switched to becoming the one who was antagonized, and he became all the worst aspect of who we are, you know, frustrated, angry, lazy. And then you have Donald, who works his butt off. You know, he's an upstanding citizen for the most part, except that he has serious, serious rage issues. That he does. <laughs> I'm surprised he and Hulk aren't best friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't have, like, a stroke or an ulcer. I just want to see him take a pill just once. My heart. Oh, my heart. Just like have or have or pop a blood vessel in his eye a couple times. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh god, he's still alive. How is he still alive, man? How could he still be doing these cartoons without even suffering a heart attack or? Oh, oh silly boy. Oh boy, we better administer in a shot before it's too late. <laughs> Clear! Oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, get a tranquilizer! Shoot up to 100 milligrams! Fifty is not enough! They swallowed his tongue! <laughs> oh god, look at him, he's using his best friend as bait to catch fish. What a. Ah! Gosh, you just want to really punch Donald right there. You know, every, but they're getting a lot of fish. Every year, uh, I don't, I mean, of course, neither one of us works at the Bullseye anymore. We're not going to name a store because we don't need any promotion. But we both worked at a certain retailer. And then every single year, Disney would come out with some Mickey with some huge display. And he would do something like, this year it was like Dancing Mickey. And then it was Beatbox Mickey. And then Rocking Mickey. And then Workout Mickey. They never did anything with Donald or Goofy or Pluto. What the hell's up with... Why do people love Mickey so much? The other ones are so much cooler. I know. Gosh, it, it, for me, it's really more about the supporting characters. Mickey, he's too simple. He's too one-dimensional. I've never seen him beat evil. Ever. Which is the irony. Okay, so there was one where I think it was called... Like a Hug Me Mickey or something like that. There was Hug Me Elmo, which looked more like Strangle oh. Me Elmo. But there was hey, one I think that's hang me, Mickey. It was like four years ago, there was one where you touch Mickey and goes, Oh, that's it! Oh, that's it! Oh, that tickles! Oh, oh! But we, we started getting like kind of crazy with it. Like we wanted to rewire them and have them like, Oh, oh, that's the spot! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Oh, Mickey, oh, yeah. oh thank you! I gotta clean up! <laughs> I gotta clean up the desk now! <laughs> the Mickey is so pure that he just needs open to such parody. Like, I almost make it makes you wonder if he, behind the scenes, is just like the head of the KKK. <laughs> like, something just ridiculous. He's so sweet that you make it... Oh, yeah, he also has uh, drifters buried in his backyard. <laughs> oh, I got buried on a dead hooker! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mickey, you're, go you're so going to hell. <laughs> the blood! There's so much blood! Oh, but I couldn't have time! <laughs> We're terrible people. Oh. There, are, there are some people probably listening to us right now that are hardcore Mickey. That are like, and you are going to die for this. Pretty much, but I will tell them if they can't say we ruined their childhood because that would involve time travel, and none of us have a flying DeLorean, do we? No, you know uh, the Mickey cartoons. You know we love Mickey, but yeah, he was a little doll. He, but he's very, very important to animation. Without him, there would be no. We would have. We wouldn't have Goofy, we wouldn't have Donald, uh, and if you want to fast forward, we wouldn't have all these great animated movies. We wouldn't have Tron. 
wouldn't no. have Tron. No, we wouldn't. Oh my gosh, thank you, Disney, for Tron, but your intentions and your anti your racism and anti Semitism is just awful. Kind of a you're kind of a terrible person, Disney, uh, even though he well, it, it is true. I still have not been, I've read some books on him and they've a lot of a lot of them have alluded to it. But there's never been 100% fact, but I can't say. It, it does seem like every hero, every great icon um, does have some dirty laundry, and it, it's kind of embarrassing. I mean, John Wayne, uh, um, the, uh, Henry Fonda, you know, I mean, look at Bill Cosby, you know. The people who were huge icons then turned out to be, oh, boy, that just ruined their entire legacy. What's the guy from Hogan's Heroes? Uh, dang it, I can't remember his name. But he was uh, the star of Hogan's Heroes, and all of a sudden, it turns out that he was a huge porn freak, and then he got murdered. And something. It just seems like everybody who seems super, super sweet turns, <laughs> out, turns out to be kind of messed up, which makes me think that one day Tom Hanks is going to be like, uh, you know, oh, he's secretly tired of the Al-Qaeda, you know, or he's starting the new neo-Nazis. You know, it's just, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. He's like the nicest guy on the planet. Yeah, that's because he wears well, the flesh of the unbelievers, you know. <laughs> I mean, Tom Hanks, he did star in the movie about the guys that created the Al-Qaeda. So back to Goofy, this right here is one of the very last Goofy cartoons. It, the, the last one, I think, was called Traffic Jam, something like that. Uh, this right here is absolutely beautiful. Uh, cartoons had switched. Uh, somewhere around the early 50s, UPA changed all of animation by making it more streamlined, more stylized, and a lot of the clutter was taken out. The problem is a lot of the beauty was also taken out because uh, companies like Terry Toons and Cheap, they didn't add anything. Disney went in, and these last handful of cartoons, they have this whole oddball, squiggly line. Um, if you look at some of the details, they're stylized. Um, like the way Chuck Jones would do them. It's very interesting. Like, okay, are you at the pier right now where there's boat landing? You look at the pier? Yep. Okay, look at the lines. They're they're very stylized lines. They look more authentic in the fact that piers tend not to be all 100% straight pieces of wood. It just that simple little bit of animation right there, or the little lines in the dirt that give detail and character. That's what they were working to do in the late 60s, and then part of that's because of Chuck Jones, but also because of Disney said, yes, we want stylized and we want streamlined, but we also want something high quality. Right, I mean, God, you can even, if you, like, pause it and look at the boat and the car <laughs> before it got sunk, yeah, you can feel, like, the multiple pencil marks. Yeah, it's just, it's so exquisite. Like, undersea here, the detail put in, it's it's not 100% realistic, but that's not the point. It's more of a stylized look. And I grew up in an era where they started airing this stuff on TV, you know, because they left uh, the, the theaters or whatever, and they started packaging it up and throwing it on TV. So... I grew up in this whole era of 60s, early 70s, really great stylized cartoons. Like the Pink Panther ones. The first couple years of Pink were so high quality. Oh, amazing. Oh, wow, yeah. No, Pink Panther, oh my gosh. Why haven't we that talked about Pink Panther yet, man? Well, we can get into that another time. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking this is pre-Max, this little, <laughs> this little ginger kid here. Is it Max? He's really young? Well, it's Goofy's son, but I think this is pre-Max before they even named him. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that yeah. Goofy lost his son. I was like, what? Oh, jeez. <laughs> this, this is his first son before yeah, I Max, and the first one I didn't died. Know, <laughs> I didn't know Disney would get that deep. Ugh. At least not at this time. 
Well, they did kill off Bambi's mom. What's up with the Disney oh, yeah. cartoons killing off all the moms? Goofy apparently is a single dad. I know. I was like, wait, what happened to Max's mom? Well, they never got into that. It's like, or was he just, did, or did Goofy adopt him? I it didn't seem like any female was really interested in Goofy. Maybe Pluto and Goofy were a gay couple and they adopted. And they couldn't marry at the time. <laughs> it was banned. Oh. So this so is a metaphor for gay marriage. No, should... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Take I'm pretty sure people in, I'm pretty sure most people listening in Texas and Indiana would be pissed. Seriously, the hate letters coming out to us right now are so high. Just like, you're going to get bulk mail uh, one day and it'll be like all this hatred. Oh, dude, just, oh, if anything, just cut them up and recycle them. Uh, I would say burn them, but, you know, recycling's better. <laughs> you know, in the animation on this, is just insane. I've never seen animation on a short this good. I love Warner Brothers and Chuck Jones and Chris Freeling. All those guys were amazing, but nothing, nothing compares to what they Oh, especially right here with these shorts. Oh, God. <laughs> That octopus was a little too happy. Or I guess he was a little too a little too clingy. Yeah. And you wonder why he was all alone and single. <laughs> <laughs> Never leave me together for he has goofy forever carved in his chest. <laughs> um well we can't really get a shot out of it, but you know, maybe later it will. <laughs> but he's very he seems to be very helpful right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is, this is I'm pretty sure this is what's gonna get them to win the race. Oh my god, they were practically kissing right there. Do you know how many games Donald Duck has appeared in? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 games in the 80s and 90s alone. And like 20 games. But it's funny, there's a game made for the Atari called Donald Duck Speedboat that was cancelled. It was never released. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that killed the octopus. Probably fried him up, you know? He can be, they can serve, they can eat him. Can't let him go to waste. Jeez. <laughs> How does he get the, himself into those situations? Why can't he ever do something just so simple? I know, but that's the enjoyment. Yeah, goofy. Everything about Goofy stands for the most embarrassing, crazy moments of our life. I'm sorry, but that animation a minute ago looked a little too, uh, a little too risque. His hands, in particular. <laughs> Uh, okay, his head would have been pulled off. Hogwash. I call hogwash on that. Oh, there's the laugh again. And he wins. Huh. I, and the characterization <laughs> in Goofy is so strong. I mean, just the simplest. He, he never really talked that much. But everything just in his face is uh, wonderful. Uh, we're not going to do the last cartoon. We'll just wrap it up here. Uh, you know... Just seriously, you have to see the entire Disney catalog right now is on YouTube. I don't think legally, I don't think Disney knows it's there, but it also is insanely hard to find the shorts. They haven't done a very good job of getting them out there, whereas Warner Bros. has at least done, I think maybe a third of all their shorts are on TV. You can find them anywhere. The the Disney ones are a little bit harder to find, which is a shame because they are absolutely exquisite. Oh, I know. And plus, I think Disney is really focused on the next Pixar film, the next Tron, and all the Marvel Studios films, too. I will say this. Uh, if you are still watching, the next one is a it lying around. It is absolutely a joy to watch. Uh, yeah, what we're saying, um, yeah, Disney's focus doesn't seem to be on their own 
creations. I don't get it because their focus seems to be buying everybody else's property. They bought the Muppets. They bought, uh, uh, oh, there's a company called, oh, CrossGen because they were going to adapt that into which never happened. Uh, they bought Pixar. Okay. They bought Marvel. They bought LucasArts. And yet, for some reason, they can't get their own stuff going. All they've ever had is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Because if you look at all their big studio movies they're spending a fortune on, they are losing their ass. Everything they've done is just lost money except for Tron Legacy. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, God. I know. Tron Legacy. And, yeah, honestly, and for them to, like, wait five years to make another uh, sequel, yeah, that's kind of of ridiculous. I mean, because Tron should have been considered a priority. Right. And they didn't focus on that for the longest time. Well, and plus, with all the Pixar movies coming out with like planes and all these little spinoffs and another Cars, I don't even know how that got so many sequels. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's because of the merchandising. The merchandising for Cars is three times what the box office brings in. And yet, they don't have to spend $100 million to do another car. You know what I mean? To do the merchandising. They already have it licensed and sold. So it is just cheddar for them. That is paying off every single debt they got from Prince of Persia, Lone Ranger. It seems like every time they do a live-action movie, they always cost $150 million and they always lose their ass. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. I actually like John Carter, but they lost like $200 million on that movie. I'm not surprised. I kind of I mean, miss the days. Oh, God, Prince of, Persia, Prince of Persia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was an insult. That was nothing but an insult. You know, I much. miss the days when they were doing their own animated movies, which were gold, and they would do one every two years, and then they would do like their low-budget uh, comedies and they, and they weren't meant for everybody you know they didn't go out and make these huge epic tent pole movies that were supposed to get audiences worldwide they made Mighty Ducks they made Heavyweight you know they made uh, That Darn Cat you know they made stuff that was lower budget but was meant for kids and they seem to have ignored what Disney is all about I know it's like now they're all, you know it's because all the kids love Marvel and comic book stuff now yeah, but they're buying other people's properties. What happened to Disney when they were actually cultivating their own thing? Why haven't you seen Mickey or Donald or Goose? Where are these? There's so much merchandising that can be made off their core characters that they started off with, and yet they're poo-pooing all over it. The only thing they're even touching is the fact that they're trying to do live-action versions of their old movies. Like, well, how do you say the word again? Maleficent? Not yeah, Maleficent. I got. And then they're also doing uh, Beauty and the Beast. They did Cinderella. And then Saturday Night Live decided to make fun of him and do one of Bambi yeah, with The Rock. They, yeah, they have so, the Jungle Book coming. It, it's the focus. Oh, gosh. The freaking Jungle Book, really? Yeah, they're doing a live-action Jungle Book, but it's John Favreau, so that could be good. Yeah, but still. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, I the latest, the most original animated movie that they did was Princess and the Frog. Which was classic hand-drawn animation. I actually quite liked Frozen. I never watched it, and I don't plan to watch it. I'm so sick of it. I... Oh, I want it to burn. Is it because of that song? Mainly. Yeah. Give it time. Walk away from it, let it cool down, and then watch it. It, it really is quite good. Yeah. I mean, I guess there was one line that people are talking about where it's like, well, finally, Disney got it right. And she's like, wait, no, you can't marry a guy you just met. Yeah. Which they like, always okay, good. did. Well, pretty much all of royalty. But I wouldn't say Elsa was completely feminist. Yeah, some people lost their minds over that. They were just like, no, they're making her a lesbian. Like, how does that make her a lesbian? How does it, what? No, that does not make any sense. Just because she's, you know, being a human being who has her, who can make her own choice, that doesn't necessarily mean she's a lesbian. 
Gosh, that just means she can, she, you know, if she wants to get married to someone, she will. On her own damn time. All right, so I think else? that's it for us here at Back in Tunes. Anything you want to say about these cartoons? I wish they would re-air these on ABC or something, especially with Walt Disney's 60th anniversary coming up. Yeah? Yeah, that, and I really hope they'd also, like, you know, bring back Steamboat Willie. Oh. That was, that's what really started it all. Yeah, like, do a new version of it? Right. Also, um, Disney owns, I think, ABC, and ABC is the one that, yeah, that's why they do Once Upon a Time, that's why they were able to make so many Disney character references, which would make so much sense. Because right, so I know, because uh, speaking of Frozen, you know, as soon as Frozen got big, and then season four started to come around, that's when they decided to introduce the Frozen characters into Once Upon a Time. Uh-huh. There's a huge blend of all those, you know, fairy tale print, you know, fairy tale characters like Snow White and all that. But uh, it, it just, they're just kind of, with, when adding in Frozen, they just kind of milked it, and it was really, really, really boring. No, that's good. I've never seen the show, but. Honestly, the only reason to watch it is Robert Carlyle as Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> and Lana Perea as the Dark Queen. All right, so I figured it'd be best for us to end the episode with Goofy yelling. Okay, wait. Do I have to yell it? No, 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 no. I have a clip of it. It's okay. You don't okay, have to blow good. out your lungs doing it. So let's see if we can get this playing. Um, by the way, everybody, thank you for your support with Back in Tunes. We have built a new page for Back in Tunes on Facebook, so just facebook.com, Back in Tunes. You can catch every single episode of Back in Tunes we've done over the last year and a half. Thank you for your support. If you have suggestions for a cartoon, let us know. We're totally game for it. And uh, I'm Michael signing off. Hi, this is Jacob. Have a good night, everybody. Now I'm saying good luck. All right, and let's end it with a good old woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> That's how you do it. You know what? There's no way we could have done that. All right, everybody, good night. Time. What are you doing? And what are you doing on your end? What are you doing? <laughs> You're almost sounding like them with a puppy dog who's like trying to be all cute and playful. <laughs> I don't like, know. I, I, heard don't you... I fucking chopped you, asshole! <laughs> Kick the little fucker. By the way, you, you remember when we started the show? You dropped like one or two f bombs. I was like, "This is gonna be a family show. This is for everybody. Don't swear." And eventually, we we're like, "Oh, let's just talk like normal people." Last episode that we recorded together for a different podcast called Comics on Infinite Earths. I'm doing the editing on it, and I swear, it's like an episode <laughs> of Sopranos. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like oh, a prison God. film in here. This guy's gonna shank me because all it is is just f f f f f f f. Dude, you gotta curb it a little bit. It's a little crazy. Yeah, just curb your enthusiasm a Ugh. little bit. Just a small little smidge. Maybe hey. just a smidge, but not too much. Yeah, it's we been a little it, break. We don't want to get too family. It's <laughs> been a little break for the show. I know we just started uh, basically our third. Wait, where are we on? Uh, 14, 15, uh, technically. Okay, so it started in 14, 15, 16. So technically it's our fourth year. 
that it's it's weird how this works. Okay, so technically it's our fourth year, but really it's our third season because it fourteen to fifteen, fifteen to sixteen, sixteen to 17. No shit, it is our fourth season. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's pretty weird. Okay, so we're planning on doing five seasons. Me and him were just talking to this. You know, we're, we're trying to get all this wrapped up because we really are just planning on doing five seasons worth. We want to end early uh, 2019. And uh, kind of... Oh, yeah, that would be good. Setting our schedule up because we do want to do other podcasts. We have other stuff we want to talk about. Uh, we do video night and comics on entrepreneurs, but we only do that sporadically. And... We do know that it's probably frustrating for you at home because instead of doing, I think for a while we were doing one of these a week, and then it was one every other week, and now it's like one a month, so it's getting kind of out of hand, so we're going to focus, we're going to make a master list, we're going to sit down, we're going to try to do at least two to three a month, maybe for lucky, since the weather's nice here, we'll do four. We're going to get this done. Yeah. And then, you know, we do say five seasons, and that means like, you know, more, you know, regular, like I said. Then we'll maybe do an occasional special here and there, but for the most part, that will be done. Um, just to give you an idea of what's going on in our heads. And we apologize. I thought his phone was broken, broken, like done. That's why we haven't done an episode in a while. I thought you were getting, oh. like, I didn't know you were, if you are getting repaired or you're buying a brand new phone. So I didn't even ask you for a while. I was off doing episodes with other people and planning, like, the perfect oh. Saturday morning episodes. So I was like, ah, oh, I'll get back with Jacob later. <laughs> eh. You did episodes with other people. I, I, well, that the perfect Saturday morning. <laughs> that makes me furious. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get my ass kicked. Just like Ben Stiller did in Mystery Men. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. Well, what happened was, um, oh, shit, it happened at work. I had my uh, phone in my pocket, and someone knocked a dolly over. It hits my leg, and the fucker cracked, and it, 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 my phone was having seizures. Uh, it was, tur- it was into a, it turned into a strobe light. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Um, I expected yeah. you to so, go into the horse from Ren and Stippy. No, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, God, I almost forgot about that until you reminded me. Fuck, I should have done that. That was <laughs> a better idea. Damn it. So, oh. the original plan was to do every single piece of animation ever made, and then slowly dawning on me, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said because they're still making animation, and the show would never end. <laughs> the old man, hey, I'm going to tie tomorrow, Jacob. What do we. Well, 13 more shows got greenlit yesterday just on Netflix alone. Netflix is still around. Who watches that? I just absorb TV shows. All oh, these old folks stuck to their old ways. <laughs> oh. Oh, gosh, I don't know anymore, Michael. I, I just don't know. I. I don't, uh, God, I'm, I think I'm becoming a nobody. I'm supposed to be a fighter, even though I've been retired for 12 years. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Yeah. My balls were clacking on the ground. They're so loud. <laughs> let, me, let me grab those. <laughs> oh. oh, Jesus Christ, that's disgusting. <laughs> damn, and I thought dealing with Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger was bad. Speaking of old, uh, it's the 50th anniversary of the Jungle Book, people. Oh, oh my God. I said you, I want to be like you. I had a joke That's set all I up, got. and you ruined it, so here we go. Fuck. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cop, and stroll right into town. And be just like the other men. I'm tired, I'm walking around. Oh, ooby-doo, ooby-doo. I want to be like you. I want to walk like you. You talk like you. Woo-hoo. Oh, my God. God, what a good what about Scooby Dooby? Oh yeah. 
Uh, I don't understand. Okay, we're gonna talk about all the Jungle Books, as much as we can, because there's been a lot of adaptations, but... Okay. Mm -hmm. The new version. Great film. I mean, John Favreau just kills it. It's an amazing movie. I oh, I know. I, I like Christopher Walken. You know, you and I, I, I love Christopher Walken. He's like a Nicolas Cage. Even when he's bad, he's good mm -hmm. because he's always he's, he's always aiming for the fences. You know, he's always doing something bizarre and, and interesting. But I thought exactly. he was completely tone deaf in a scene. I thought it was terrible. Terrible. I, know, I mean, I don't mean he's, he's pretty fucking old. Don't get me wrong, but so I thought he killed it at King Louis. Like, hey, Mowgli, you're talking <laughs> in the wrong tone there. All I asked was for a red flower, and they give me an attitude in my kingdom. Oh, I ain't having that. <laughs> <laughs> You little bastard. <laughs> what I did, like... <laughs> I, I'm gonna uh, peel your ears off like a banana. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I'll rip you in half like a banana. I'll swallow you whole. Do you know, to digest, but hey. Do you know hey, a game that we like to play in the jungle is ping pong? Or as <laughs> the Chinese like to say, ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hey, I'm an extinct species of orangutan. Very much so. Extinct my ass. Although it's hard to find a mate. I'm just too large. Jeez. <laughs> what do you man comes do? Artificial insemination? I might have to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never seen one female orangutan in that movie. Yeah. Animated or live action. <laughs> you got me too. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I know, I was Okay, so I, I work retail, hell. Um, you know, basically, uh, paid slaves. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, we go I'm through sorry. hell every day, and one of the few joys of working electronics besides answering stupid questions like, no, we don't carry beta. Why would we carry beta? No, sir, 8-tracks. What? I, I got asked if we carry beta. I get answered, I ask out. Okay, sir, they haven't made VHS in uh, 15 years. No, I saw a VHS. No, you didn't. They haven't made VHS movies. The last one was in 2005. It was uh, History of Violence. So they haven't made one since. Stop pretending you saw new movies on VHS. It didn't happen. What fucking dickhead are you in? And are you trying to call me stupid by saying we sell fucking VHS? No, we fucking don't. I know. I swear, yeah. one of these days, you should go off like John Belushi does on fucking Weekend Update. I, uh, okay. <laughs> I kid you live. not, this is what happened the other day. Okay, We have a very old clientele. This is a, a retirement town on the coast. And it's different. California oh, coast, Oregon coast, two wildly different things. California coast, hip, hot, cool, you know, great, beautiful people in bikinis and swimwear and, and, and cool new ideas. Here, you come here to die and kill things. This is a lot of rednecks and then their guns. And, uh, and and old people are just like, hey, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm just fucking done. Uh, <laughs> this town smells like beer, cigarettes, and piss. I'm, um, I'm a, slowly slipping into senility. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Is, and they're giving little, chi little children the middle finger for yeah, no apparent reason. They're afraid <laughs> of technology. They always, every day I hear the same fucking jokes. It's always, uh, I don't have a smartphone, I have a dumb phone. <laughs> oh, they didn't scan, I suppose it's free. Yes, sir, yeah, that's how Shut retail up. works. That's how our store works. In fact, I think I you, should have, I think you <laughs> should have to pay an extra fee if you say that joke. Um, uh, 
I would. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Morgan, they could do that. <laughs> uh, working hard or hardly working? My foot's working hardly way to your ass. Going wrap your butt. Um, no, but I get questions like, okay, so I got this really crazy one where it was, uh, hey, you guys carry CDs? Uh, we do only a little bit. We just have a small displayer. We stopped carrying CDs last year because they don't sell. I know, I know. Everybody's yeah. pretty much limiting how many CDs they carry because everybody goes digital now. Either bootleg or they're signing up for like a service. You know, like you know Shazam, whatever. Or you pay nine bucks a month. I mean, it makes sense. You're just it's or like Spotify a, and Pandora. yeah, yeah. You're, you're, it's like a lending library. It makes sense. You get to try out CDs for nothing or almost nothing. And uh, yeah. so, so I, I show her the little displayer. We have about fifteen CDs. None are new. They're all like greatest hits collections and stuff like that. It's for our town. This store, it's what sells. New stuff gets stolen, so we don't carry new stuff anymore. So we just carry like cheap, like you know, nine bucks, greatest hits collection, seven bucks, you know, stuff like that. And, and somebody was looking for the Jungle Book soundtrack. What's that? <laughs> was somebody looking for the Jungle Book soundtrack? No, 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 no. It's just like you know, they're just looking for music because they're all, it's it's a a tourist town. Oh crap! Music's playing in the background. Oh god, damn it! <laughs> uh, that's my well, fault. Well, hey, it's a good song. Fuck it. Um, no, it was just a scene from Jungle Book. I was YouTubing it. Um, oh okay. So, sorry to get off the point here with Jungle Book. I gotta tell you this real quick, though. Uh, so, I'm showing her okay. the little displayer and stuff like that. And she's like, Oh, I thought CDs still sold. And I was like, uh, No, no, I thought you. She goes, I thought CDs sold better than tapes. And I go, um, Yeah, considering they haven't made a cassette tape in 20 years, I'm gonna say yes. CDs technically sell better than tapes. And she goes, Then why do you have so few? And I go, Because CDs hardly sell at all, everything's digital now. What's digital? God, every day is like this. Every single day is like this, and it's oh. such a headache. And people keep wanting yeah. VCRs. Oh, God, they want their Who VCRs, the and they're mad VCRs? that they can't find them. They don't understand what a Blu-ray is. They don't know what streaming is. The only reason they even know what streaming, like, oh well, yeah, my urine stream's good, my prostate's good. That's it. You know, they don't know what. I don't Netflix give a fuck is. for your prostate. Yeah, <laughs> they they don't know what Netflix is. You know. <laughs> They don't want anything smart. How do we even get on this? I don't even know, but I guess we're talking about old the, people. Uh, how we, how did we get on uh, this? Old people, old old movies, old yeah. classics. Christopher Walken. God damn it, Christopher Walken. <laughs> hey, you did this. Relax. Daddy, relax. Hey, I still brighten people up, and they know me. We're still having fun. Come on, <sighs> kid. Hey. Oh, 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 okay. So I forgot. No, this is why. Uh, so I work retail. <laughs> And I work in the electronics department. We watch movies. And sometimes the new movies yeah. sell out. We try to throw in new movies because they have a lot of pop to them. You know, it gets people's attention. And plus it tells you the new movie's mm -hmm. out. We want to sell these movies. Oddly enough, we hardly make any profit off the new movies. Most of it's just to get people in the stores. It, it probably works that way at most retail stores. And we I'll ran prepare. out of a new movie. And we had a Jungle Book. Uh, collector's Edition Jungle Book copy. We, we had just found, like, buried in a, a stack of movies. And I was like, let's get this sold. Let's put, let's put this in the, the Blu-ray player. It looks amazing. And my uh, my supervisor's like, nah, man, that movie's old. And I go, it doesn't matter if it's old. It looks amazing. It's been remastered. Disney did a fantastic job. And he's like, no, it's old. And then, <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm an asshole. But the minute he had the day off, I threw it in. And I was like, oh, my God, this is eye-popping. Disney... Uh, it didn't have to do that much of a cleanup because in the first place, the animation is fantastic. It's it's one of these movies uh, that was done right in the first place. You didn't need to clean it up because Disney always spent the money right. You know, it's just, it's a fantastic exactly. movie. I know, I, I noticed the same thing with Peter Pan, Beauty and the Beast, and, oh, God, hell, other old classics, too. 
Like Dumbo. Oh, gosh. I didn't know this was the last film produced by Walt Disney. He died during the production. Oh. Hmm. Uh, poor Walt. You were progressive in some ways, but you were a fucking yeah, racist asshole. Yeah, there's certain things, man. One foot in the, one foot ahead, one foot back. <laughs> one foot Kinda in the future, in the one foot up your own butt. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I love you, Walt Disney, but fuck you. Oh, speaking of, Bob Iger actually pulled out of uh, uh, Trump's business council. He's off. He's like, I can't take this shit anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah. Um, fuck you, yeah. You know, with Disney so focused on all these live action adaptations, it's funny that no one has given credit to the 1994 Jungle Book, which was a decent hit. You know, it's a good flick. I like it. You know, the one with oh, Jason Scott Jason Lee. Scott Lee. Yeah, I mean, that's like the first, I think it's the first live action version of their own animated film. Yes, technically there's Jungle Book movies before that, but this is the one where it's like Disney in-house, you know, doing an, a live action version of an yeah. animated film. Of course, this is like years later when he uh, Mowgli's much older. Oh, of course, yes. And, you know, he's an adult. Because I was always used to him as a, like a kid, as an actual kid um, in most stories. I've seen, like, you know, straight-to-video sequels and whatnot and, like, little spinoffs, but I not only saw the Disney, the Walt Disney Classic and the one with Jason Scott Lee, but I watched this animated one that was on HBO. Very different, a different production company, and definitely much more mature and a little more in-depth with character. Huh. So I, I know and there was Mowgli was grown up. There is one called the Second Jungle Book, was actually shot in India um, with Billy Campbell and Roddy McDowell, which it, it's strange that it's called the Second Jungle Book because there is a Second Jungle Book, but it's it's confusing. There is a Second Jungle Book. Roger Roger Kipling wrote it, but the movie called the Second Jungle Book is only the first Jungle Book. It's like you know where there's the, the Fright Night Two, uh, in in, oh, yeah. in 2011, 2013. But it's actually the first one yet yeah. again. It's so frustrating because so so the second Jungle Book with Billy Campbell and Roddy McDowell is really just Jungle Book all over again. Um, the nineteen ninety four. What the hell? The nineteen ninety four Jungle Book opened up, I think, against Street Fighter with Van Damme. Uh, I chose to see oh, Street yeah, of Fighter. Course they won. I regret that. Um, I wish I had seen Jungle Book instead because Street Fighter, except for Raul Julia, is a big bag of shit. Yeah, Raul Julia was the only redeeming thing about it. Yeah. And maybe me no then, but that's about Yeah, everything else was just complete garbage. Like, what the fuck were they thinking? I'm losing you. You went robotic on me, Max Headroom. Okay, am I good now? Yeah, you're good. I think that was on my end, though. Okay, um, okay. Here's funny. Max it's... Headroom. <laughs> so I've been listening to this podcast called uh, Chewing It with the guys from uh, Super Troopers, you know, Broken Lizard. And they were talking about yeah. when they were kids in, in middle school – the uh, Jay Shen Cressidar, I'm not going to say his name right. Um, Jay Chandra Sekhar. Thank you. When he was a kid, he auditioned for The Jungle Book. And he says he was the only in, the only actual Indian in the room auditioning for Mowgli. And he was like, what the hell is this? And he didn't get the part. How fucked up is that? I mean, I thought the kid that did play Mowgli at, at the beginning was Indian. But I was wrong. I, I don't know. It's, I guess. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Jay must have been about. Maybe it wasn't middle school. Maybe it was high school. But uh, Jason Scott Lee at that time, I think, was about 27, 28. So he's a little bit older yeah, than you would 50. expect. But he looks young for his age. So you know. Yeah, he does. Still, no, he played off pretty well and he was very physically fit. But yeah, that was pretty strange to cast Mowgli Asian. I'm like, God, Hollywood. I guess they. I guess he just had huge success from the Bruce Lee movie. So. They wanted him to. They wanted him to be. Uh, they thought it would generate more of an audience. Well, Hollywood has always had that 
Well, for a chunk, and they may still have a little bit of it. Hollywood has that weird thing where if you're tan, you can kind of be different things. Oh, like uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is like the king of that. Oh, well, in this this movie, you're Native American. This one, you're you're Mexican. This one, you're Asian. This one, uh, you're from Thailand. This one, you're from India. I mean, they do this with actors. They'll just like, well, you're tan. You could be 9,000 other things. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're Mexican, but you're going to play a Puerto Rican. Vice versa. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're going to be an Eskimo today. Well, actually, in the get-down, casting Jimmy Smith was smart because Jimmy Smith is Puerto Rican. I can't believe they canceled the get-down because the Baz Luhrmann couldn't commit to it. I'm like, you know there's other people you could hire, right? Unless it was in the contract that Baz Luhrmann was, you know, required to be a part of it. I was like, there's other people. People quit shows all the time because they can't commit. Why? What is that? That's stupid. God damn it. Okay. Damn you, Baz Luhrmann. I haven't even seen part two yet. Uh, Jungle Book. Phil Harris, Sebastian yeah. Cabot, George Sanders, Louis Prima, excellent voice work. Uh, oddly enough, they, they were still kind of celebrities at the time. Not the way this new movie is, but um, I, I love Louis Prima. Um, I think he, probably his most well-known song is uh, Just a Gigolo. Um, Pennies from Heaven mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, you know, And then he comes to this and does uh, uh, I Want to Be Like You. Uh, I want to be like you know we, we just played it earlier on a web to this songs by the Sherman Brothers. Ah. Did you see the movie about Mary Poppins only Tom Hanks saving Mr. Banks? Yes, I did. You know, watching they had the, uh, the Sherman Brothers in that. Yeah, no, they're the ones who were like making the music. Uh, I think B.J. Novak played one of them. Yep, if I'm correct. I can't remember who the other one was. Yeah. Right? Oh wow. Uh, the now, those those ones. What's that? Now, uh, as far as it goes for all of Walt Disney's animated movies, like were they the ones doing all the music? They did quite a bit. I don't think they did all of them. Um, I'm looking at this real quick. The movie cost $4 million. Yes, I know that's a lot of money back then, but it's just kind of funny to think about that now. There's yeah. episodes of TV that cost more than that. You're like, wow, something that beautiful, $4 million? Wow. Well, it was well spent and well worth it because it made quite a bit of fucking money. Yeah, you know, at the time, only $23 million, but if you look at all the DVD, the Blu-ray, and the re-releases, you know, Disney was smart back in the day. They didn't have video to exploit. They didn't have TV, so they would just release them. I think I think the rule was every seven years, they would let it play for a year, pull it, release it again seven years later, and it got so much life. I remember seeing Pinocchio, I think, in 83 or 84, and I was like, you know, not realizing it was like the 15th time they had released the movie, and they had milked it, milked it. That's how Disney stayed in business, because almost all of their movies, I think like the first three or four movies had lost money and he was always like living from paycheck to paycheck, like barely keeping the studio alive. And uh, it wasn't until like the 50s and 60s with with the TV, you know, in in the the park is when he really started to churn revenue. Oh, yeah, he did. I know. I think pretty much the park is what funded his movies, too. (laughs) I mean, shoot, building Walt Disney Studios right next to the theme park where everybody could go and just, you know, get, get in touch with their inner child. Oh, he was a smart businessman. But God was he a prick. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I kind of noticed that, like, um, like especially with like, uh, whenever they release a DVD, and then Blu-ray comes out, it's released on Blu-ray. Honestly, uh, again, the Blu-ray release, uh, everything just sounds and looks so perfect and spot on. It's again, the quality is still just as amazing. You know, I'm trying to remember. I know Phil Harris from something other than animation. He did the voice work in uh, Aristocats, which I've never seen, and Robin Hood for for Disney. But he did something else, and it's bugging me. Phil Harris. Oh, he's born he in. Was Le- also blue and he was born in Indiana. Yeah, I didn't John know Harris. that. Damn it! I know him from some TV show, and it's bugging the hell out of me. F Troop, hmm. Bing Crosby. Now, 
Er, I know it. Let me look. Let me look. Oh, Wheeler, look. I can look. I can look this up. Yeah, no. Also, um, I will say this about the new the, the cast that they put into the new movie. I thought was very spot on. I'm trying to remember who it is. I mean, it's, Bill it's, Murray is, it... is blue. Yeah, Bill Murray, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yes, was Bagheera. Uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba is, oh, yeah. of course, one of the most badass actors ever. Love him. How is he and not he's Bond? Done a lot of Disney work. Yeah, what the fuck? Racism. People want to see a black Bond. I, I don't mean... know. It's like, I would. If it's Idris Elba, I would. Yeah. I'd love the fuck out of Bond. I'd go gay for Bond if it was Idris Elba. <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs> uh, now, of course, who else did they have? Uh, oh, yeah, and Mowgli. Uh, yeah, it was actually, the kid was actually Indian. Yeah. Yeah, no, I keep forgetting the kid's name. Look at this. Elements no, of the Jungle Book. John Favreau did a great job. Elements of the Jungle Book were recycled in a later Disney feature film, Robin Hood, due to the film's limited budget, such as Blue being the inspiration for Little John, who not only was a bear, but also voiced I by Bill Harris. I noticed that. Huh. Yeah, I noticed that. Like the same dance routine. Oh, yeah, when they, were they at the did. Party they they, they rotoscoped it. See, I, I've, seen Ro- I've seen Robin Hood, but I've only seen it once as a kid. I haven't seen it since. And, oh, that's right. I Wait, forgot these on. characters appeared in Tailspin. I f- totally forgot about Tailspin. We even did it on this show a couple years ago when you were out with so much work, and I totally uh, wasn't able to do the show with you. Gotcha. Dang, I didn't know there was a 90, 1942 movie about Jungle Book. Well, yeah, there is. Uh, it's actually public domain. We have it at work. It's like in one of those, you know, budget. You know, you, you get like 15 movies for five bucks. It's one of those collections. Um, there is a sequel to this. You know how I always think it's weird that Disney never really cat, uh, capitalized on the, the movies that were so successful and beloved. You know, easily could have done oh. theatrical releases of some of these movies like the way they do now. You know, there's no way these Yeah, like are, with the... What? Like, why is yeah, Cars? No, uh, cars I... and Planes should not have been in the theaters. These movies are shit. And yet they keep getting sequels in the theaters. And yet you look at Aladdin, Jungle Book, uh, Lion King... Uh, Little Mermaid, they're all getting these sequels, but they're going straight to video. Why? I don't understand. The, the second Jungle Book, it, it is cheaper animation, but the songs are great. The story's fine. I actually quite enjoyed it. I know. Oh, yeah, even with the, uh, yeah, with um the second Jungle Book with Haley Joel Osment and John Goodman, I've only seen, like, bits and pieces of that. I didn't realize it was uh, Haley. Yeah, I know, I know John. Pretty... John's great in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Haley Joel Osment was uh, Mowgli. But as far as it goes for, um... Like uh, sequels uh, from to animated classics, they had a Return to Neverland for Peter Pan. I remember that getting a theatrical release. Yeah, that and I did. Again, yeah. I thought it was. De- I know. I thought that was like definitely just as fun and exciting, and it, it also gave a little more um, depth in the Neverland. But yeah, it was kind of hard to not see the crocodile, you know, chasing after Hook. All he got was an octopus just popping his little little suction cups and on his freaking tentacles. That's it. It's That's funny, it. <laughs> looking at Disney, they were so, so, and extremely careful with their movies for so long that they would do, like, these very low-budget TV movies for, like, half a million dollars, and then they would do the theatrical releases for, like, three, four million dollars, and, and they would always do well, and then all of a sudden, in the 70s, they decided, we gotta go big, we gotta start spending more money, they started doing the Black Hole, Condor Man, Black Crystal, uh, not Black Crystal, mm. Black Cauldron, Dark you know, Crystal. Uh, but no, Star Crystal is a, a shitty space movie. It's it's a Black Cauldron, um, Tron and stuff like that. And they're spending tons and tons of money. And most of these movies were not successful. Tron is much loved now, but at the time it barely made its money back. And they almost went out yeah, of business. Then TV saved them again. They started focusing more on low budget TV movies for like a million dollars. And they started doing gummy bears. And then animation started to revive. And of course, you know, Little Mermaid blew up. And then all of a sudden, it just everything lined up. And then you look. Yeah. 
And then there was then there was that build, you know, in the '90s, they're still doing low-budget movies, you know, like Heavyweights and the Mighty Ducks and stuff like that. And it's, it's building and building and building. You look at it right now, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Every single movie they do for the theater is like 150 million dollars minimum. They're massive box office, and all of them are critically loved, except Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> which make crap tons of money, even by you know Disney standards. It's, it's kind of low, but you know, 500 million in the first week is nothing to sneeze at. But yeah, I know. Because of this, this is fucking ridiculous. This massive amount of money, they were able to buy Marvel. They were able to buy Pixar. They were able to buy a, a Star Wars. So yeah, Lucasfilm. They're not focused on their own properties anymore, which makes me so bummed that their schedule is so overloaded that they're remaking. They're only remaking their movies and and making other people's yeah. properties. And then they announced Tron Three was ready to go. And then, like, two weeks later, they changed their mind because their schedule was so full. And they're like, well, and we're also not 100% certain that this is going to be a profit. You know, the, the first one made, I mean, the first one made a decent amount of money. It made tons on video. The second one made a decent amount of money. It's made tons on video. Third one, we're not so sure. And I'm like, fuck you guys. And you were like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Write this one off. Just do Exactly. I know. I was like, fuck you. Finish the fucking trilogy. Don't <sighs> talk to Jared Leto. If you're going to talk to Jared Leto, have him be a supporting character. Bring back everybody else. You might not get Bruce Boxleitner because he's probably pissed off enough from all the delays. I'm sure he wanted to finish this. Yeah, uh, I just don't I mean, understand. You might as well just like sell off the rights because they don't give a fuck. I know. Just cunts, I tell the, you. Yeah. It cunts just, these mortals be. Just uh, uh, sell it. Let someone finish the story. I want Tron and Earth to become one thing. I want it to be like, you know, post-apocalyptic movies are... Uh, the final evolution of mankind. Yeah, I mean, those are everywhere. This is like the reverse Instead of waste and nothingness, it's technology and humanity combined, and, and seeing how and that it's, world everything's comes, just so advanced. Yeah, and and seeing how it can go wrong or right would be amazing. And I just want to see the vision completed. Joseph Kaczynski is tired know, exactly. of waiting, so he took another project already. I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. Yeah. Honestly, I think as long as they don't bring in that uh, whole, you know, actually no. This is what I would want them to ring. I want them to leave off like where they left at the beginning of Tron Legacy, where he puts out that uh, uh, operating software for free on the internet instead of just like selling it over, you know, overpricing it and charging, you know, everybody an arm and a leg for that shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty much anti-capitalist message. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's so awesome. That's uh, so cyberpunk. Yeah, Disney is doing a fantastic job. I like, mean, Maleficent was great. Uh, the Jungle Book is absolutely fantastic. I haven't eh. seen Beauty and the Beast. What, what, I, I love Jungle Book. What was the other one? There, there was another one in there. Oh, Cinderella. I haven't seen Cinderella. Uh, I li- okay, I like Cinderella. It, I mean, it was a... Oh, fuck. Why am I drawing a blank? You just, Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh did it, and it had... Um, fuck! <laughs> no, Yo, what was his name? Um, whatever. Uh, he was from Game of Thrones. He played Rob Stark. I don't know. I, I, I watched Game of Thrones for one season. And I was like, oh, if I want this, I'll just go watch porn. <laughs> oh, dude, trust me. It's it's more than just porn, I tell you. I Richard will, Madden, that's the guy's name. If I wanted to, I will watch Conan the Barbarian on one TV and porn on the other, and it'll be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, dude, the character depth is just amazing. I love Dinklage, awesome. though. Maybe I will come okay. back someday. Um, uh, wait, yeah. what's, the, what's the one they're doing next? Is it... Um... Are they doing Aladdin someday? They're doing... Lion King. They're doing Lion uh, no, King. No, not Aladdin, but they're doing Lion King. Uh, 
Wait. Gabriel Jones is coming back as Mufasa. So is Lion and they're King also all getting, CGI? Uh, is that the big deal? Because there are no humans. It's usually the big deal is usually that it's CGI and animated, you know, CGI and live action combined. But there is no, there are no humans in Lion King. That's a little, unless they're going to dress up like, you know, in animal costumes like. No, cats. that's stupid. Except for. That's stupid. <laughs> Don't even. I know. <laughs> no. But they did announce a sequel to Maleficent, uh, Genies. Maleficent, I thought was, I, I mean, I dug Angelina it. Jolie was great. She was amazing. I loved Angelina Jolie. But I'm just like, eh, they really watered it down and made her too nice. I mean, she's supposed to be one of the most evil fucking people in the world. <laughs> like, she got upset because she didn't get invited to a fucking party. Yeah. <laughs> and it, <laughs> that's it's how my it party, and I'll murder the, all of you beauty. if I want to. <laughs> Even though it's not her party, she's just like, what the fuck? You know what, motherfuckers? I'm going to crash this bitch anyway. Dude, seriously, Boom! your language is getting out of control. It's insane. Who fucking cares? I do. <laughs> That's why okay, I I'm said sorry. it. It's Fine. nuts. I'm, I'm fucking sorry. I'm sorry. Damn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. And uh, yeah, no, dude, Jungle Book was great. Again, uh, Neil Sati is the guy's name. It's the young kid's name that they cast as Mowgli. Oh, in, in the new in the new version, right? That kid's great. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah, he was. He was perfect. And uh, you, you also got a great supporting cast. You got Lupita Nyong'o, Scarlett Johansson. Again, Idris Elba. Uh, if you notice, Idris Elba's been in a lot of Disney projects. He's been he's been in that. Thor. He's also been in um, Zootopia. He was like chief of police. He was oh, the, that's right. He was the bison or. And he was also in Thor, yes, he's uh, Heimdall. Oh, God. And, and then he was also attached to another Disney project, I can't remember. But, yeah, Disney just goes to him whenever they need somebody. I think everybody should just go to Idris Elba. Hell, they should go to Idris Elba for Jon Stewart, Green Lantern. I Fuck thought it. that we'd be talking about Jungle Book a lot Sorry. more than this, but you really don't need to. This is one of those, just go watch it, damn it. Just go watch it. It's a great film. It's 50 years of one of the great animated movies. And here's the thing is that I avoided most of the Disney movies. In fact... I had never even seen Jungle Book until now. I had, I mean, we, we showed it on our TV at work, but I was busy, so I kind of saw it in my peripheral. Um, I have never seen uh, Oliver and Company. I've never seen Fox and the Hound. I've never seen, uh, well, I saw Robin Hood once as a child. I've never seen Aristocats. I've never seen 101 Dalmatians. I've never seen, uh, you name I mean, seriously, most of them I've never seen. Uh, what's the one, uh, Lady and the Tramp? Never seen it. I, it's amazing. I haven't oh, seen wow. most of these movies because Disney just never seen my thing. I was more of a Looney Tunes guy. I was more Woody Woodpecker and uh, Tom and Jerry. It wasn't yeah. until The Great Mouse Detective is when I started getting to Disney, and uh, I have never, I've never even revisited Little Mermaid uh, or Beauty and the Beast, uh, Aladdin. Of course, I've seen Aladdin like eighty times, and uh, it's the twenty fifth anniversary of Aladdin. It seems like it might be a good year to discuss this, Jacob. Oh fuck yes, dude! I'm on board right now. Fuck that shit, dude. It's not so just make a movie about genie. Yeah, it's not just a movie. We got three movies to talk about. Even though I've heard the second one's pretty brutal, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, and then there's a TV. Oh, series. Return of Jafar. And, and one, I played the game though. That game for the Genesis was amazing. Oh yeah, it was Genesis, Super Nintendo. They, they all had its perks. Although in the Genesis one definitely had some advantage because you actually had a sword. In Super Nintendo, you just had apples to throw at. <laughs> and Lame. Yeah, as far as uh. As far as it goes for an Aladdin live-action movie, no, they haven't done that. But, again, they're doing Genies. It's a prequel. It's going to be about the Genie. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But you have to get someone very funny and charismatic. 
we also discuss one other movie. It is the 40th, 40th anniversary of The Rescuers. I don't know if we'll get to that this year. Um, we're kind of looking at our list. Uh, also, it's the 30th anniversary of the Chipmunk movie. We've never discussed any of the Chipmunks. That's like a whole episode of just talking about all the live-action Chipmunk movies, the TV series, the uh, 87 movie. Uh, I know people who hate the live-action movies. They're not good, but I am a sucker for them. I don't know why. I think it's because they're so damn cute, and the voice work is so great. And Jason Lee, uh, who doesn't love Jason Lee? Uh, he's great. I do. God damn, that guy should be getting a lot more recognition than he did. should have been Fletch. He should have been Fletch. <laughs> exactly. He should have been the next Fletch. God damn it. <laughs> that who's was... supposed to be the next Fletch anyway? I don't know. It changes every week. I don't even know who it is now. I think it's supposed Fuck. to be. Who, who's the guy in Horrible Boss? Uh, Jason Sudeikis. It's Jason Sudeikis is attached at the moment. He's great. He's, I would, I would oh, love him as Fletch. Oh, oh, yeah. No, and he's a Saturday Night Live alumni, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. Know, the formula's still there. Okay, everybody. Check us out on Facebook under Back in Tunes. We'll try to come back as soon as possible with another episode. We've got a few others to clean up on other shows first, but then we're going to try to stay consistent for the rest of the year. Um, Jacob, send us out. Okay, but I, let me say this first. I'll what? try to stop swearing. All right. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, I still swear. But good gravy, the last two episodes, it's like supernova swearing. It's like, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a while, and I got too excited. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Namaste and good luck. All right. Get ready to blast off. You know what you were turning me into? I'm sorry, I just ruined the end. But you were like a little, like condensed version, a little. Uh, it'll make sense. This joke will make sense in a second. You're like a condensed version of Joe Pesci. <laughs> You're like a little condensed version of Joe Pesci from Casino. Like instead of a whole two and a half hours, it's like you're condensing him into like 20 minutes. Like, what do you mean, fucking, 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 stop, 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 fucking, fucking, hey, fucking, fucking. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You're only just out here because of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, let's try and a little bit PG. Uh, so with bare necessities. The simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life wherever I wander. Wherever